like the flight sim and your Twitch up on my main window and have Discord on the side? What works best here? Whatever you prefer. I think you okay. you you might be more interested in what Discord. Oh, dis. No, yeah, you're probably gonna be more interested in what's on screen. Okay. On the on the Twitch screen. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, and the delay is actually much less than I thought it would be. So I think yeah, we're totally good. Nice. Perfect. All right. I can just. Get onto my own damn channel and see what's going on. Hey, it's Lethros. Hey, Lethros. It's Kyosaku John. John. It's Soren. Nice. This sounds good. This balance is pretty good. It's this asshole. <laughs> this asshole. That asshole. <laughs> Welcome back, Eris. We had that one stream where we, we played Dark Souls and shit um, a while back where you were good to have cheering me on. Was the full cavity search really necessary for boarding this virtual flight? Uh, yeah, we left a few goodies in there too. <laughs> yeah, the Mars movie. I do want to screen more movies. In the future. I think that's the right thing to do. Just watch. Don't work. Just hang out with us. This hey, Malti, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Malti? Holy weather's coming. Oh, Alright. Nice. Love it. Um I think your audio's good. I don't. Do you know of a way to be a little louder? Yes. Uh, let me. I think I can just up my output okay. in Discord. Oh, okay. So my input is pretty loud, uh, and then output just would. Am I changing volume at all while tweaking this? You seem the same. Test, test, test. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's just the the audio that I hear. Okay. Um. Let me see. I mean, I can just like literally get closer to the mic. That's an option too. I, I think it's not. Use your diaphragm to expel yeah. more air from your lungs. You speak. Just diaphragm speaking. Yeah. Chat. Cool. You guys are the actual test here. My ability to understand the audio quality is very low because I'm hearing things and I just have, I can't do it. So, you guys are the test. If it sounds shitty to you guys, it's gonna sound shitty on YouTube. So. Um, yeah. Let me uh, check my. I might be able to. There might be another setting I can tweak here. I do think it's pretty good. It's just a little. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, let sure. me double check which audio output I'm actually using. Okay, yes, I'm using the mic and then setting the properties and the levels are up. And yeah, I think I think I'm maxed out. You'd have to tweak it on your end if okay. it's too quiet. Or I could just oh, shout. Wait, no, I'm a fool. I, no, 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 this is good. I'm a fool. I forgot I have a sound, a volume mixer. I actually okay. literally have a volume mixer. Say something. Testing. I am writing a yellow rabbit down to the local watering hole, except no, I'm not, because I live <laughs> in quarantine. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think it's All right, perfect. I'm louder than, than, so what, do, so what do people call you? I appreciate that. Uh, to multi. Uh, uh, they call me 
Wei is my real name, if you want to call me that. Uh, you know, safe space only. I prefer on Twitter if you refer to me by handle or variation. Okay. You know, sad, saddle, sadal, salad, suit, whatever, honestly. Salad. Uh, <laughs> I think I've I think I've seen people calling you Salad Sue. Yeah, yeah, that's because of my alt. Um, maybe I just need to stay stay very close to my mic. Okay, you're, you're loud. There's got to be a way to do this. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna really get uh, comfortable with this mic here. Maybe there's a way for me to. There's got to be a thing I can do. We need some kind of thing that I can. Discord sound is up. Is he shrinking or just getting further away? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's just text teching this out. So hold on. I've got Discord and that user volume, I have you up on that. I have a sound mixer where I'm making you louder. Are you guys trolling me? Everyone turn up their speakers. God damn it. Hold on a second. We're going to get this right. There's got to be a way to do it. Say some words. Uh, I will say some words, and I will keep saying some words in the meantime. Yeah, you are a lot quieter. Uh, what, what's I up with this? Am... Okay, so I'm quite close to the microphone yeah, right it, now. It... Yeah, I think that... And looking very forward to speaking to everybody at an audible volume. Whenever that occurs, uh, yeah, go, dropping a couple, couple registers to get close to the mic. You have to go sultry if you're going to get close to the mic. Yeah, my my mic stuff is all the way up, as far as I can tell. Uh, let me just double check. I'm gonna Google how to like. So we, we do love people coming back for the tech support uh, portion of the show. Um, this is where you see us solve a problem together. And it's really kind of a demonstration yeah. of, uh, I see a, it's a down payment on, on the rest of the show, which is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to tap my mic real quick. Uh, I apologize for this. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not leveling out the mic yet. Okay. But I definitely can. And if I listen through the device, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's out over here. You, you know, we could try through a different, uh, audio source. Sure. Uh, what do you have in mind? Like I have a whereby we could use. I don't know what that is, but I'm down to try. Yeah. Oh, you know what's interesting? Okay, it's interesting is that I hear you loudly on Discord, but for some reason it's going to Twitch non-loudly. Do you have attenuation set by any chance in your voice and video on Discord? Because if you speak while I'm speaking, it can turn it turn down. You down. It sounds like I'm already quiet at this point. It's weird because I hear you as loud, but it they're hearing you as quiet. So, um, attenuation, voice and video. Noise reduction, I'll turn that off. I don't know. I'll just turn a bunch of the voice processing stuff off. 
attenuation when others speak. Let's turn that off. All right, turned off attenuation. Uh, are you using OBS audio sourced pipe from Discord? If so, is it? Yes, I am. In fact, wait, hold on. Hold on. I'm a genius. We can actually do tech support. The way I do it is I show my whole screen. <laughs> All right, guys, let's work this out. <laughs> so, so check it. So you're, this is going to be really convoluted, but because we're appearing many times on screen, this is exciting. So we've got desktop audio. this thing desktop okay interesting so it's almost like do you have another volume mixer somewhere that if there's controlling what gets high, i mean there's this vb audio and i don't even know what that is there is i mean i could get rid of it i don't know what that is should we get rid of it uh, i mean i would assume that's one of your audio devices but when i talk it's mic and aux when you talk it's desktop he says, sounds like Discord may be set low on your system mixer. Ah, you think that. However, if you look at my system mixer, it is freaking huge. Um, that should also... Oh, no, wait, I can... Uh, let's just actually do display. And I'll try to not show you guys all the porn that I have open. Um, constantly while I run the show. Um, display capture. Add source. Add source. Boom. So if you check out my, look, it's way up. Oh yeah. On the system mix. And if I speak into it, uh... Oh wait, look, there's two I discords. I, we solved it. Uh -huh. <laughs> we solved it. There's two discords. Why are there two discords? Okay. Now, now I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit. <laughs> Softly, because I think I'm about to get super loud. Yeah, uh, <laughs> most likely. Yes, there were two discords, right. <laughs> dude. This type of shit, like I, when this type of shit happens, I completely lose my faith in technology, and I'm like, it, it has no order, it has no function, it doesn't work at all, and then it comes back. I'm like, there was oh, a reason. Uh, they're saying up a little bit louder. You, you, you might want to boost it even. Even more. Yeah. say more stuff okay uh so saying more things right now so that y'all can hear me um the test one two test one two is not a, actually a great phrase to say you want a phrase that has a variety of many different syllables and sequences of sounds uh saying almost there 20 percent louder eris is posting lots of question marks um that is a good question. Eris is changing color in the on-screen chat, but not in the chat. It's pretty interesting. Give a monologue from Waiting for Godot. <laughs> I, I've never actually seen Waiting for Godot. Um, <laughs> Wait. For the record, I, I have done uh, a little bit of, like, on stage, you know, improv, performance, etc. So, like, I'm comfortable just ad-libbing for literally nothing. So long as you don't care what exactly I'm saying, right. I can do it forever. Um, okay. Okay, so wait, so wait, chat, you guys can hear this in a good amount. I'm still significantly louder. Hold on. Now, well, if I'm significantly louder, I can just turn my mic down a little bit, and then I'll 
now I'm just turned it down. Everything, maybe. And boost everything else, boost you. It's a little bit loud in my ears, but fuck me. I'm, I'm just the host. I don't care. Um, all right, guys, I did put my audio down. <laughs> okay. Um, so now I'm going to say some more stuff. Uh, I'm also going to move this a little bit farther away from me because it's a little bit aggressive right now. And sorry, I'm making lots of uh, microphone moving noises and whatnot. Sounds fine. Sounds okay. Hey, Laura, the astrology will be here pretty soon, I'm sure. We, this is part of the setting up the astrology like yeah. room. It's like a this ritual. This is all Mercury retrograde preview, you know? We're just, like, showing you through demonstration, through example. We're almost even, like, a 15th... All right, I'm just going to turn myself down even more. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I, I, I put myself down. Keep keep it coming. Keep the audio okay. tapes coming, because I might as yeah. well... Yeah, all right. Oh, audio... <laughs> From the chat, yeah. What would be the astrological consequences of blowing up Venus? I think about that a lot, and I think that we'll probably need to get around to some of the higher level or lower level conversations about, like, what astrology, why astrology, before we can tackle that question. But that is a very good question. <laughs> so w why don't we do this? Why don't we pick a destination yeah, let's do to it. fly, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into to all that. So Heck yeah. have you had any thoughts about where in the world you would like to go? Oh, man, I didn't even think about it. Um, I feel like I should choose somewhere fancy and exotic. But honestly, I'd just like to fly to Poland right now to Ooh. be with my spouse. So if there's some nice sights we can see over there or some stops, etc. I bet there are. Um, let's uh, let's find Poland. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more yeah, lower to the left, I think. Well, yeah, just hang on, let's, that's probably let's much type better. Poland. Um, and thank you. So Lithros is always ready. E P W A, Okitski, Warsaw. Nice. Yeah. And uh, what direction do you want to go from from there? Ooh. Um. And, um I mean, if we can start from anywhere, it'd be kind of cool to start from like Japan or something like that, just so we can get over. You know, I've seen a lot of the top of the U.S. Well, um, so this is the problem. As a flight yeah. simulator, we're going to be flying on a map that is, you know, scaled, etc. The actual size of the Earth. So if we fly oh, from the okay. U.S., it actually gotcha. will take 11 hours or whatever. Okay. Uh, maybe England or something? What takes a couple hours or whatever? I don't know. Here, let's pick. What is, let's, what is, how about like Dusseldorf? Just to see. It'll tell us. Okay, uh, perfect. Dusseldorf is two hours that's chill yeah all right let's go south over the carpathians fly to the moon fly to crimea what do you think D dusseldorf or belgrade where's belgrade is south okay hmm i kind of like the look of that mountain range over there or whatever's going on with the clouds i guess yeah why not let's do belgrade all right cool and Lethros gets the, the plus plus one, too. Carpathians. Okay, hold on. And also, now that we've fiddled with everything else, uh, my music is quiet, but that'll be a little weird. Okay, let's do it. 
Um, oh yeah, wait, we gotta pick a plane. Ooh. Nice. And um, the options are so people like to choose the little cute planes. However, they're very slow and bad. Mm -hmm. um, there are some jets which are kind of classy and good, and there are huge 747 type planes. There's a fighter jet DLC that I got. Ooh, um, nice. Any preferences? Well, is there anything that you've been hoping, like, oh, man, I really hope that they pick this one or, or whatever? You know, like, if you got the fighter jet one and you want to rock that, let's do it. I like the fighter jet. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I, I, like, I like the fighter jet. All right, cool. Um, blue or red? Uh, I'm going to go with blue, I think. No, wait, red, because the max altitude is different, apparently. Uh, I guess the red really adds another 3,000 feet, huh? Right. That's just in the eyes of... Uh watching cops so um. gotcha yeah <laughs> all right cool all right we'll, we'll we'll load it up all right excellent um what, what is chat saying has kersey ever landed an airport on stream at least one time no one time i actually landed um spectrum discrimination i've never heard of that pick the cardboard wings taped to your arms plane <laughs> I, want, I wish there were more uh, really weird options, but that's potentially mod territory. Um, salad Sue. Wait, why can't I hear you? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, we have another audio problem. <laughs> Wait, say something. <laughs> Oh no, we're oh shit, oh shit! All right, hold on, hold on. I, now you're liter completely inaudible. Um, yeah, Betty's just fucking with you this time. Discord's up. Um, I'm not receiving it. It's not. Do you want to hop out and back in the channel? Say something. Not hearing anything. Um, what could possibly be the issue? I will. What could possibly be the problem that we are experiencing? Redeemed highlight my message. What are you guys doing? You're highlighting colors hold on i gotta focus on this audio thing i why can i not hear you um discord's up i'm gonna quit and re come back to a discord try that again it is kind of cool Okay, you guys can hear me, yeah? Apparently, yes. Hey, dude. I, is, this is weird. I see your light appearing from your talking, but I'm not hearing you. When did that start? It started like... God, some... Something fucking with my shit here. I'm just going to close everything that's not relevant. Brave is closed. 
Oh shit, I can't even hear my own. No, I can hear you too. Okay, that's fine now. Still can't hear you. Is my computer cursed? Is Sad's computer cursed? Yes. All right, we're going back to we're going back to tech support where I'm going to show the whole screen. So here's my screen, and you can see the mic is moving. The desktop audio is not moving anymore. Get somebody else on Discord to check. That's a good point. All right, I'm going to hop in the lobby. I'm hopping in the lobby. Still not hearing anything. Someone else jump in the lobby. No saying things that will get me banned. What's up, P-Zombie? All right, everybody's jumping in the chat, but I still can't hear anyone. Re. Yeah, okay, so here's the system tray thing. You guys can see my system tray thing. I'm going to show you the whole damn system tray. This is it. This is the whole tray. System sounds, OBS, I don't know, whatever. Firefox. Discord's up. Flight Sim's at zero, but we don't need to hear Flight Sim. We need to hear Discord. And you guys can't even hear each other? Hold on, did I just, like, fuck up the settings on Discord or something like that? I don't even know. Check Discord audio in output device I've usually just been using desktop audio I could add a some kind of audio output capture from I don't know now it doesn't seem like a bad time for it you know what should I literally just restart next to the mute button what are you saying in discord which you guys can now see bottom left yeah settings um Voice video. Oh, output device. If you're in Discord with me right now, keep saying shit. Tonight. Um. Blava. Testing mine. No, mine works fine. You know, just saying. There words. you are. Hey, yo, you're on. <laughs> I hear you. You can hear me. Now I hear you. Hey, how's it Fantastic. going? Fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure to help you out, and I'm going to hop out of the channel. Thanks for coming by, dude. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for calling in, too. First time caller, long time listener. Love you very much. I'll be on later tonight. Y'all have a good time. Excellent. Peace, man. Bye. All right. Now we just got to get the uh, Discord video back. We're, we're so close, guys. We're so close. He's on. Thank Lithros. You're the. You're the. Hello. The, the Testing. C hey, dude. Hey. <laughs> you're can you back. Hear me? Yeah. Let's get okay. in the. Let's get in the on-air awesome. channel. 
All right. Uh, and then throw on your video if you Excellent. want. Excellent. Okay. Oh, is it not on? It, it should. Oh, I see. I have to hit it over here and... We're in. We're in, dude. Boom. In. Awesome. All right. Everybody. <laughs> it's happening. Let's get in the fucking air. All right. Um, yes. Beautiful. Now I am psyched. <laughs> Here. So we're uh, passing by the Palace of Culture and Science. We got a Villano Palace. You know, we can visit. And uh, oh, nice. we're lifting off from Poland. Very good, very good. Nice and smooth. Thank you, Hong. We do what we can. Let's bring up those wheels. Nice. Oh, they pull up sideways. That's very classy. I yeah, like that. It is quite cool. And then I've learned these flaps here. You can check out the flaps. Um, you know, obviously a little bit of delay, but these flaps. Yeah can go up and down but right now we want them up meaning not causing drag mm -hmm. are these are those essentially the brakes they're like one of the yeah they one of the brakes the other brake is turning gotcha. off the, the thrust mm -hmm. um that makes sense by the way i'm super hyped that we picked the fighter jet because the fighter jet's the best damn plane in the game and we nice can go, yeah we can go low we can look at stuff um, here, let's check out the Palace of Culture and Science. <sighs> All right, now I'm chilling. I have I have some whiskey here I might dip into later on. Perfect. Uh, I actually thought we might, and I brought some of my own. This is one of my favorites that we got nice. here, Centauri Toku. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've had that one. Nice. Nice. You know, yeah. We will not terrorize Poland. Um, here, let's <laughs> look at the palace. Of culture and science is coming out. Hey, it looks pretty cool. Oh wow! Oh, I turned. I did bad with my camera, but sweet. Oh yeah, just clip that thing. Yeah. Um. All right, and then we were gonna go south, so I'll I'll, I'll just cruise around here a little bit. Um, your wife's in Poland, was what mm -hmm. you're saying? Yeah got it yeah they're in poland and it's kind of funny because um raz and her family are actually very big into planes because they live right near the airport uh -huh. and so there's always planes going over they're talking about you know flight radar and her dad or their dad is really into um astronomy and planes and whenever there's like a really big one that's going to come by they, they talk about it and they uh -huh. look it up uh, it's pretty fun nice so it's very fitting that we're flying through their airspace right now. Uh, do you speak any Polish? No. Uh, so I've learned a couple basic words, but mostly I combine words randomly with dupa, which is mm -hmm. but because it makes Raz laugh. Yeah. Uh, because it doesn't make any grammatical sense. Like you can't just shove words together in Polish like you can in English. You have to conjugate everything. Right. Uh, but I say it very confidently, and that tends to... <laughs> That, that tends to work for them. Yeah, the uh, I'm in Chicago at the moment, and there's a lot of Polish people here. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, we, we celebrate, Illinoisans celebrate Kazimierz Pulaski Day, huh. um, which is probably more well-known to 
people from the song by Sufjan Stevens. Okay, um, gotcha. He's also from the Midwest, but the uh, yeah, Kazimierz Pulaski's like a, war, a Revolutionary War like Polish guy who hmm. helped out America. Um, and uh, yeah, so we got good, good Polish food. I, I had a Polish yesterday that like the hot dog type thing. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's Polish. I assume it is because of the name, but I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I got to experience a traditional Polish Christmas over there, and mm. they have a couple different traditions, one of which is you're supposed to have at least 13 different types of dishes at the meal. Otherwise, it's not like a real Christmas dinner. Oh, wow. They emphasize the Christmas Eve much more, but then they have two days of Christmas of like eating and on and gift giving on the actual Christmas day. And then the day after that is kind of like the epilogue. Um, and then the other interesting thing is they also always leave one chair open at the table in case a stranger shows up in the middle of the night. You're supposed to, you know, huh. welcome them in and give them hospitality and uh, offer them a seat at the table. Uh, although, you know, they joke that it doesn't really tend to happen very much nowadays, especially not if you live in the second floor of an apartment. Uh-huh. Uh, and if two strangers show up, I guess you just have to have them share the same chair. Uh, I don't know. I guess it depends if you have extra chairs. Right. <laughs> the uh, Jews do the Elijah thing. I don't know if you know about this. It's uh, I'm not familiar. Same idea. You leave a seat and a place. I think you place some food for the prophet Elijah. Um, okay. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, so they actually do joke. They're like, well, since no strangers show up, we just say it's for Jesus. That's uh -huh. how they roll with it. Right, right. Um, how many Jews are Polish? I, you know, depressingly less than there once were because there's a lot of fucked up World War II shit. Um, mm -hmm. It's wine, says Joseph John, who will know more than me about this topic um i'm gonna screw with the uh by the way we can change the weather and stuff oh cool so a vocal fray hey we do you know we often kind of have a little bit of an arc like a daytime then by the end we get a little sunset going on but mm -hmm. we can do whatever we mess mess yeah. around Clear skies. You add, I'll add a couple clouds. Pitch black. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Add, so does yeah. does the sky like? I know this has some pretty sophisticated simulation. Uh, does the sky like light up depending on light pollution and like if you're over a city or not? Because I noticed it got pretty dark, but we're also over farmland right now. That's interesting. I I wonder if they do that with the light pollution. One thing they do. I'm checking to see if we have it now. Right now we don't have it, but they do like um, moisture and and f like f ice on the shield. Uh, the oh, shield. cool! Sorry, I looked at the chat and someone said siege, and I, my brain connected wrong. On the uh, the windshield, yeah, that is a called a shield, the windshield. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, good question. It's it's a lot of it is like remarkably cool. Like the weather effects are cool. I turned yeah. off like crash physics because in the default game. If you turn too fast or go too fast, your plane just rips apart. Um, wow. Which I think is realistic. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense. You know, like that would happen, I suppose. Right. Um, thanks for the follow, 
name that I missed. Kiwi Popsicle. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for coming by. Um, all right, dude. So let's talk a little bit about like astrology, I guess. Um, yeah. I think I maybe I don't know if you just want to kind of give a spiel, like how you, I, yeah, how'd you yeah. get into it, and what do you like? How, what do you think about around the topic, and like what should we ask you about? Yeah, totally. Um, so I guess my background is that I had growing up my both my parents were fairly atheistic i think we just didn't like really talk about you know spirituality much although my mom was uh, very much into kind of like macrobiotic cooking and health food stuff and very you know like sort of energy systems i guess um but then growing up i never really bought into it or believed it too much besides you know obviously good food um and my father was a chinese immigrant and so my mother ended up learning about feng shui and, you know, Chinese macrobiotics, uh, I, I believe. Um, it's originally Japanese, but, you know, she, she got into the Chinese side of things there. And then also uh, Chinese astrology, although that was later in my life. And I kind of like always poo-pooed it. Uh, I ended up going to a, uh, you know, liberal arts school. Well, not a liberal arts school, a like full-on art school mm. uh, studying film and video. And then I ended up just dropping out because uh, fundamentally, I guess I was bored and also kind of dissatisfied with where I was in life at that point and um, got into tech because I was lucky enough to, you know, have a computer growing up. I was a big nerd. And then I entered a career in uh, programming, uh, mostly doing front end development for a number of years. And so I always kind of had like this distant background of, hey, you know, there my mother does these this weird spooky stuff, which I kind of like you know, low-key mm. judge her for, uh, and don't think much of, although I did have a, a set of tarot cards, so I was, like, a little bit connected to some of these practices, uh, although I only, like, really did them in, in high school, mm. and I actually got very into esoterics and Western occultism in high school, but then put it all away before college, because I guess I just didn't want to be wrong, or, like, it was too weird, uh, or too out there, and I just didn't want to feel stupid, or look stupid, or tell people my beliefs, and have them laugh at me, I guess. Because, um, you know, I was, like, 16, or whatever. Right. Uh, and then, being an adult working professionally, I actually came across the phenomenon of Tumblr witches. I think like, you know, Vice or Salon or somebody like that did an article on them. Uh, and essentially, if you're not familiar with Tumblr witches, they are witches who usually very young, you know, like uh, millennials back at the time who would essentially tweet or retweet uh, these large emoji sigils. And there's actually like an emoji sigil bot on Twitter now, but back then it was pretty novel where they would be like, okay, this is the intention of this tumblr post if you re post it retumble it whatever mm -hmm. uh, reblog it then you'll get uh the outcome right or you'll get the uh you know you're casting the spell essentially and i thought this was really weird and something about it caught my eye especially because this phenomenon was like so widespread and i started looking at more research of like people who are actually writing about the phenomenon and not just you know tumblr witches but also like re real witches and people who are doing magical practices and things like that and because i had this sentiment which was basically like one there's no way that this many people are all doing this weird thing which is impossible 
and stupid just to fool me, you know? Mm. And so there's only two things that are, are out of it. Either one, it works, and hell yeah, or two, it doesn't work, but they're getting something so significant out of it, it's worth looking like a complete, like, crazy idiot to the rest of the world. Uh, and I wanted to know what that was. So I basically started exploring it, uh, mostly through the lens of tarot, and I... It was doing tarot readings and uh, keeping a journal so I would reflect on, like, what would happen in the tarot readings versus, you know, what is supposed to be for the traditional meanings and then what would happen that day. Uh, ended up, like, predicting a lot of things over and over and over. And sort of the more you record and the more you mess with these things, the weirder it gets. So I was like, all right, well, I know that tarot actually traditionally has correspondences to astrological meanings. Like, you know, strength, for instance, is a woman taming a lion. Uh, it's associated with Leo and the sun, uh, for instance. And there, there's a bunch of them, but I decided, okay, whatever. I'm going to learn the basics of the planets. I am going to get into uh, just the, the bare minimum I need to know about astrology, because clearly that's bullshit. Uh, what about the 13th constellation? What about the procession of the equinoxes? What about science and astronomy and all those other things? And uh, I got a couple books on it because that's usually how I learn. And, you know, I just like buy like three books and just kind of like devour them. And then I started comparing it to my own natal chart and getting in touch with what the actual meanings were. And I was just blown away. I was like, why? Like, <laughs> why does this work? How does this work? Right. What is the, uh, you know, what, what's going on here, essentially? Um, and that kind of just ended up being this rabbit hole for me to fall down. And, you know, naturally being a, a programmer and sort of more of a scientifically minded person, I was like, okay, well, I have computation power. I can actually write code to work with this and I can turn it into something. So one of my first projects actually was a project to uh, combine the... So I, I was also looking into, you know, synastry because I was like in my 20s and desperate for love and relationships and stuff like that. And synastry is the term for compatibility astrology. Uh -huh. And so I realized that there's actually pretty clear rules when it comes to synastry. Like reading an entire nail chart for a single person is pretty complicated and is also very much uh, due to the interpretation of that person and how well they know themselves. Um, and so I, but when I was doing synastry, I would do it for my friends who are couples. And the crazy thing is I could immediately point out key dynamics of their relationships or like key dynamics that would, uh, you know, bring them joy, but also bring a lot of tension because they show up right there. And it's really easy to not know yourself or to, you know, just not tell the truth about yourself, but it's so hard to not acknowledge the dynamic between two people in a relationship. Mm. Uh, and it's always super, super, super loud. So I was like, okay, I'm going to build an algorithm that can quantify these aspects and these configurations and then turn them into a huge score dating site or something like that. Um, but the issue is that I quickly realized that to, to do that proper justice and make it work the way I wanted to, I would need to interview, oh, thousands of couples and then turn that into an algorithm and you know spend multiple years of my life working on that and so I kind of gave that up, but just kept messing around with astrology ever since then. And then uh, I guess fast forward to today, I've gotten into financial astrology because I know a number of other astrologers, some of whom are, I guess you'd call them crypto astrologers. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's kind of where I land now. But um, yeah, I have another spiel, I guess, to sort of level set with everybody, like 
kind of how to think how I think about it. Um, but I just said a lot of words, so I'm going to pause and take a sip of water. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So I think what I maybe should do is just ask the the kind of a couple of the like skeptic questions. Mm -hmm. um, just because. Um, so I, I said this to you earlier when we were. Um, did I just get a sub? Thanks for the sub, Kiwi. Um, welcome. Um, that that subs in your honor, I, I, I assume. Uh, soon. Nice. Um, the uh, uh, Kiwi, we got a couple of emojis. It's mostly my face and a crashing plane. So feel free to use those at your, <laughs> at your leisure. Um, so I, anyway, so I mentioned this um, on our earlier call, but my own, just for you know, kind of setting the frame here, mm -hmm. my own angle on a bunch of this very broad category it's like there's this very very broad category of things that scientific materialists don't like mm -hmm. and the um i i once was a materialist in, in my endorsement mm -hmm. um i think you said to me that you, you did something like same for you basically yeah and yeah. then there's this question of how do you reconcile that and like what do you what do you say to that you know that person your past self mm -hmm. even um, when they say, for example, like, it's just cold reading, uh, James Randi showed that blah, 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 you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I'm kind of just curious for that kind of, um, your reaction on that sort of category of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there, there's many, many things I could say to that, and I'll probably say a lot of them. Uh, just because you mentioned it last, the first thing I'll say, because many people pull him out of their pocket mm. james randy is pretty much a fraud himself who has gone way out of his way to stress test conditions and to make them uh, actively hostile and he's also like been involved in some shady business dealings and some other stuff like that y'all should definitely look up uh because that's you know maybe that influences your opinion of his foundation um but uh overall the way i interpret astrology is that the proof is out there if you go look for it and you keep an open mind and apply yourself to it with a plenty of dose of skepticism to it. Um, because the thing about it is that astrology is very hard to study statistically. Uh, it's inherent to the nature of the thing, and we can get into more reasons why that is. But I can tell you that the more you look at it and the more you look at people, like for me, it's not cold reading. Like I can tell you about the type of life somebody has likely lived at just through looking at the stars and the traditional significations. Like it's a party trick for me at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and I can like detail in on some pretty specific things that like should not be cold reading or, you know, don't require me to elicit a, you know, feedback or look at their face or something like that. Like normally I'm not even looking at the person. I'm just like staring at their chart and just rattling off facts and figures and things like that. Um, so it is a, it is kind of this world which you have to sort of put your first toe step into in order to like even begin to get anything out of it. Um, but what I will say is that astrology and any other woo system should not invalidate, contradict, or, you know, explain away any physical system or any sort of like, you know, science or physics or statistical studies or anything like that. Like any sort of system of belief that you construct or start looking at, you have to be able to uh, fit to reality. Because like 
the fact is that the physical reality is also reality and there may be other things that can encapsulate that or things that can live underneath it but it is you know like that's that's just how it is that's what life is and if you real. ignore yeah. that then yeah you're you're literally just making things up you're just kind of being uh you know either disingenuous or foolish or what have you um i, I appreciate yeah. you saying that because so we actually had chaos prime on one week mm -hmm. um and we had a kind of great conversation about that category where it's, it's like kind of actually actually like reconciling like reconciling rather than just getting over or something the whatever the this the inspiration or the key insight of materialism is trying to be um yeah yeah right. absolutely because like i you know i started as this person who did not believe in any of this stuff and i just had to see it over and over and over the thing is like so for example one of the things that's hard to study is say you know the the timing of somebody getting uh i don't know like into an accident or something like that like that's a very common one uh but the issue is that there's many different significations for accidents and many different like flavors of accidents and it's not really ethical to study per se you mm. also need to have really specific birth chart information uh to find out like when exactly that person was born where they were born etc because some of these events can be very very specific so that isn't to say that you cannot do this sort of study just that for the most part a lot of the funding that's available to scientific uh, foundations and the like are not accessible to astrologers because the scientific mainstream does not take it seriously at, at all. Like, if you look on any, like, debunking of why astrology is fake, they'll tell you basically two things. One is the precession of the equinox, and two is the uh, the 13th constellation, Ophiuchus. Mm. And so the oh, procession you know of what? the equinox... Sorry, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I, I think yeah. I... Uh... I played a, uh, not D and D, some other system. I had a character named Ophiuchus, which I think is Ophiuchus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't, sorry, I just, that just no, yeah, totally, jumped totally. in my mind. Um, the yeah, please continue. But it, it's interesting because there's something to me that sounds similar about this to like when people with the, argue with the Bible or argue with the idea of God based on inconsistencies in the Bible, um, mm -hmm. where. Anyway, there's something that seems deeply confused to me about that approach. Mm -hmm. um, like, yeah. And, I, yeah. and the, um, the crazy thing about it to me is that, like, the scientific perspective on astrology, like, just isn't up to date or accurate. It hasn't been for thousands of years, you know? Okay. Like, f first of all, uh, sorry, this is, I'm getting a little excited because I'm on my soapbox a little bit here. But, that, like, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah. For instance, you know, it, Copernicus was not the first person to know about heliocentric theory in 1500 or whatever. Like, we knew about that in 300 BC with Aristarchus, who was the first person that we know of to propose a heliocentric uh, view of the world. But, you know, Christian Orthodox religion did not like that because it decenters God, it decenters humanity as the center of the earth, and so it got buried pretty much. Or at least, you know, that's my understanding of the events as they unfolded. Um, so, but one of the key ideas that they use is this idea of, uh, what's it called? Um, the procession of the equinoxes. So there's this idea of the zodiac, right? Well, sorry, let me back up, start with uh, Ophiuchus. So the constellations in the zodiac are a 30-degree division of the sky, which is 360 degrees all around us, into individual signs. 
and the signs are named after the rough locations of the constellations at the time the zodiac was devised but they do not map to the actual stars or to the zodiac themselves hmm. and so instead they are anchored to the points of the vernal equinox and the so both equinoxes and the solstices and those are your cardinal signs aries cancer libra and capricorn so they're more like seasonal based uh, although they're not tied to the seasons either that's just how they decided to anchor the signs so that when you're talking about a certain degree of the sky with uh in relation to the earth that's how you know oh you know this is at 13 degrees taurus that's this point in the sky etc cetera, etc cetera. so the issue is that with that is if you tie the sky or if you tie the zodiac to a certain part of the sky then the earth's obliquity the way it rotates uh if that's the right term but basically it wobbles on its axis right as it turns and rotates and this causes a gradual slowing of the pace of the earth such that the uh constellations slip around us by one degree every 72 years hmm. you give that about two to three thousand years or so and you have a difference of like i think it's something like 24 degrees or more at this point um maybe 28 I, I forget when exactly it was anchored but essentially the type of zodiac that's anchored to the actual physical location of the stars is called sidereal zodiac and that has existed as long as astrology has existed so there's actually two types of zodiacs the modern zodiac that well, i shouldn't say modern but the the most frequently practiced modern zodiac nowadays is actually called tropical um because it's based on these equinox systems and so it is anchored and has been for literally thousands of years so when scientists are like oh but what about precession of the equinox one we've known about that for literally millennia that is sidereal astrology and number two we don't even use that like we don't care about it because it's anchored to the relative uh rotation of the earth essentially so like and when you talk about uh, Ophiuchus, you know, there's no 13th zodiac because it's just an arbitrary, more or less division by 30 degrees. And we just kind of picked whichever names were there. And it's honestly unfortunate that you chose, uh, that astrologers chose the names that they did, but also logical because, you know, thousands of years later, we have to deal with Neil deGrasse Tyson, who d did a tweet which like exploded astrology Twitter because he's like, blah, 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 procession, procession, procession. Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, dude that that you are so behind the times like you're not even up to date so like that is generally a pretty good uh representation of what mainstream science uh or how mainstream science treats astrology like they don't even know the basics of the system like they have no idea how it's practiced or how it's valued or how it's thought about or the fact that it has like literally you know millennia of very very technical astronomical calculation uh involved in all of it but um, yeah, so so like that's where I would start. Um, sorry, soapbox. Yeah, no, no, for a sec. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting thing because it's like part of the, and again, I'm going to compare it to religion because it's something I think about a bunch. Mm -hmm. Is you'll meet um, atheist, atheistic type people, and they're very sure of their view, and they'll talk about, they'll kind of sneer at how those stupid religious folks. Um, don't even believe in evolution mm -hmm. and it's true that there are some people out there who are religious and don't believe in evolution but then as i understand it and i'm not an expert but as i understand it it's like if you talk to people in the catholic church who have been debating this stuff for a very long time they do believe in evolution they're just mm -hmm. like yes 
and it's it's there's something like a a kind of like talking past each other or like especially i think because of the whole um what do you call it you know teach the teach the controversy or whatever evolution uh, mm -hmm. creationism thing was like a that was like the major culture war shit when i was a kid you know when you yeah, when we were yeah. kids right and it just when you you sort of grow up in that and you don't you're just like oh yeah like let's like pick the smart one obviously science or something yeah. like that and then you don't learn that it's just the morons on both sides fighting each other right mm -hmm. it, it's not even the yeah. best in most interesting forms of atheism either you know um so yeah absolutely whole, whole thing um and so then okay so and we can we can get back into that sort of the like how how to interpret the results or how real is it like we feel free to throw some of that out there if we, if we run into it but um yeah totally i guess the um yeah maybe had a good comment in here um that i just want to highlight she said if you only have a subjective take you can con yourself into believing bullshit but if you only have an objective mm -hmm. take you can con yourself into believing things are bullshit that are not bullshit and are actually incredibly powerful and potentially important to you um yeah and so I, I agree with that. I mean, there's sort of like a degree of like writing the subjective out of. Yeah, absolutely. Life. And I mean, part of the reason it, that I talk about, you know, my experiences coming around to this is because there is such a culture of, you know, you got to be one of the good, like rationalists or good uh, scientists, scientific thinkers or atheists or whatever, right? Like right. if you even entertain something people will you know cast you out or side eye you or whatever it, it has become so polarized in public discourse that it is now sort of like forbidden fruit and and to the point as well that like you can't eat like if you talk to somebody who is strongly against astrology you 99.9 percent .9 of the time i'd say 100 percent because i've never encountered somebody who actually knew anything about astrology who was completely denigrating it, you know? Right. Like, that is frequently what will happen, like, with your example, with, you know, Catholic uh, fundamentalist, you know, 6,000-year-old Earth beliefs. Like, yeah, people believe that, but it's not the majority uh, at or, all. Or the most sophisticated. I mean, that's part exactly. of the thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and so like it, it's almost tribal in a way. Like the the demarcation is an ideology more than anything. It's like this culture of like no, there's no magic in the universe. The mind cannot affect anything. I am very smart for realizing that and not even trying, right. uh, which right. to me often sounds very very not so smart. Um, you know, in, in a way sometimes people will reference you know getting into woo the in, the re-enchantment of the world of kind of like bringing the magic and the mystery and the awe back and like you know there, there are certainly scientists who engage with awe and who are completely uh you know have a very holistic and humbled view of the world but a lot of the people i talk to do not they're not scientists they just want to score ego points essentially or like discourse points or, or whatever and then they just write you off which you know is fine like i'm at the point where i just don't really care anymore because uh like i'll talk about it if somebody's interested in having an op open conversation but if somebody wants to come at me uh, yeah. i don't know <laughs> just free dunk targets right uh, so oh, okay so then i guess we we can take this different ways but i guess one thing i'd be curious about is there's something like 
let's let's just say we have an open-minded i'm i would say that i'm kind of an open-minded mostly neophyte um Mm -hmm. to astrology i'm I'm not a neophyte to like philosophy of science and Mm -hmm. experimenting with weird stuff but so i guess i can you know we'll we'll, we can demo the thing on me in, in a bit but yeah there's something like what it would be cool to do here is sort of show the promise and like sort of show a little bit and no pressure obviously but like show a little bit what's interesting about astrology and what we can get out of it and then i'd be curious also to know like in the astrology world who goes too far or something like that Mm. who's like yeah that's kind of like bounding it a little bit yeah that that's a great question uh can you like remember that or write that down so we can come back to it because that's super interesting to talk about um yeah so i'll move on to my spiel of like what astrology is because i've mostly defended it without explaining it you know uh so astrology essentially is a way of assigning meaning to the astronomical positions of the stars the planets which can be either geocentric or heliocentric but is often geocentric because the idea is that there's a symbolic correlation between the archetypes and the mythemes associated with the planets and their astronomical positions in relation to each other. And the day-to-day, or, you know, not day-to-day, month-to-month, greatly dramatic events of our lives. So essentially, when you're looking at a natal chart, uh, you are looking at the imprint of all of the planet's positions at a given time, and you often find that they will uh, consistently enough to be unusual and worth looking at again. Uh, you'll find repeatedly over and over that the same significations show up as the same traits in people or the same sorts of events or, or whatever. It's kind of like the more you look, the more you begin to see. Um, and the, the thing for me is that it is it shouldn't work at all it should be completely random you know Mm. like it should you should never find any truth in it or it should be literally a coin flip or like which has not been my experience which is why i continue to practice it because for me it works so my model of astrology is essentially that there are correlations i don't really believe uh, or like you know in terms of physics i can't imagine why you would ever have a situation where the planets can send like a faster than light beam of energy to you at the moment of your birth and cause you to act this way or like mercury retrograde you know goes retrograde and then it attacks you uh, i have a more sort of like synchronistic uh view of the world in terms of that things unfold in parallel and you're kind of just looking at underlying rhythms of life and existence um it, it can get a lot weirder and a lot deeper than that but that's pretty much how i view it at the moment um it which I like because it doesn't invalidate any existing, you know, like physical ideas about the earth. It just, or like reality, it just adds a little bit something else there, which is honestly the only reason I can figure it out. But many times I'm just like awed by it and I keep looking at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did, did that leave any gaps in terms of like what exactly I, I mean? Well, yes, I'll, clock I'll, made of planets. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'll try, I'll try to reflect it back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, while also throwing out there that Poland appears to be a very beautiful place. And it's just yeah. quite a yeah. ride. Um, I'll try to reflect back to you. It's something like, it's, I mean, like any theory, uh, there's something like a theory of, I, I don't want to say behavior. It's almost like mm-hmm. a theory of kind of like fate and destiny or something like that. Mm-hmm. Does that seem right? Um, um 
the way I the words I use may lead you to that uh, idea, but I want to avoid being too fatalistic about it because that's right. not how I operate within the framework of astrology. Mm. Um, I think there are certainly things that could push you absolutely either way. And some days I feel more fatalistic than others, uh, feel more fatalistic than others. But overall, I would say that there are observable correlations to types of behaviors or events with the action of the planets. And I often describe astrology as kind of like space weather. It sets the forecast and sort of like the atmospheric conditions for, you know, lightning, for instance, to be more likely to happen. Mm. It doesn't guarantee that it happens. But at a certain point, the probability is so high that it does happen. Um, and it's not necessarily caused by, it just correlates to. Um, so you can kind of see how you could get very into like super deterministic or super free willism just within uh, what astrology can give us. So so that's me kind of like, you know, sitting on the fence a little bit there. Well, OK, but, but that's interesting because it's sort of like I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the substance of which it's a theory? And then, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that note about like fatalistic. Um, yeah, I guess I yeah, that's usually when I say fate. I think of it as a, um, I guess it is quite a heavy term. When I personally use it, it's like I, I've been thinking of it as compatible with free will in some sense. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. But, okay, so cool. It's sort of like, I, I like the weather forecast thing. And then, uh, I mean, basically what you're saying is your experience with it is you check it and something's predictive it's helpful mm -hmm. right and that's the yeah the kind of key it, thing. it works and that's ultimately how i approach astrology i'm a utilitarian which is why i've gravitated more and more towards you know financial astrology because that's something i can use to predict markets and potentially make money off of uh versus natal astrology which is fascinating and very very deep but ultimately it's very wiggly and very very subjective mm. um and ultimately you're working with a corpus of information and knowledge uh, that already exists externally to yourself, but with things like, you know, events, mundane astrology, or things that happen to people, uh, you can really, like, hone in on it and be like, okay, this worked, it correlated, it showed up, it was all there. Um, and and so, you know, you write that down, and you're like, okay, maybe that'll happen again next time, um, is kind of my personal approach. So, like, you know, for me, observation and experience comes first all the theory and the ideas around it have come as a result of what i've observed um because i think it's irresponsible to do it any other way honestly like just to comment a little bit on what you said about people going too far right like people often just make up they'll just make shit up they'll be like oh i think this is the case because i saw it with this one person i have this theory so now i'm going to proclaim it on twitter or to the world or whatever so there's something like the crappy astrology is like a low data lookup table where yeah. you just say like, oh, well, you're a Taurus. So like, whatever. Um, yeah, exactly. And then the more exactly. the, the, and then the, the better version, it's sort of um, sounds like something like routinely making observations and predictions and using that to using the framework around that all that data. Yeah, that yeah. I mean, I, I'd honestly say it, it's mostly a matter of how you um 
it's your heuristic for how you derive meaning from what you're looking at. Mm. Like, you know, the lowest common denominator is here's your sun sign. Here's how your day is going to be. Here's a horoscope, which can't possibly be accurate because, you know, there's billions of people uh, theoretically within or statistically, you know, who are one twelfth of the entire population. They're not all going to have the same day. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, like, that's the the lower version. And then the, the deeper, more complex version, because, like, you can totally go super deep, super technical and just go off the walls with it and just make shit up from from it as well. Uh, just the way I like to approach it and the way I respect the most is I saw a thing happen. I proposed a correlation. I observed it again or I didn't observe it again ad infinitum. And then you build a database of knowledge. Got it. Um, I noticed, by the way, just now that I was following this dot in the sky and, and this seems oddly uh, suited to our endeavor. I don't know if anyone can see it or if it's not showing. Oh up. yeah, yeah. That that is that a star? What is or is that another plane? It looks like it's moving. I think it's probably a plane. I just saw it and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I'm trying to follow the dot. <laughs> it's right by my mouse. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a plane. I'm pretty sure it's a plane. I was just like, I better follow that. Um, go towards Bethlehem, bro. We're in Poland. Where the <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I, see that. <laughs> I got what you said there. Um, cool. Um, I guess we'll, we we can take it in any direction you you want. I mean, yeah, I've heard we I got mean, a million things. Let's jump into. I mean, I think the main event that people are probably wanting to see at this point is is like a chart, right? Like, let's uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want, we can pull it up. Um, I've got a little mini spiel just to explain some of this stuff as well. So I'll, I'll start there. Um, but give me a second just to set up the um, thing and uh, opinions about that story. Uh, I don't. How do you want to interface with questions from the chat? Because I've been seeing some come in, but we've also been actively talking. So I'm just whatever's good. I mean, if we, okay. I like to hit hit some of them as we go, so we can. Yeah, totally. But you know, we just keep an eye on it. If, and by the way, chat, yeah. if we miss a question, you really want to ask the question, just ask the question yeah, just, again, or. Yeah. Um, feel free to ask it on on audio so there's instructions for call-ins but um it would be it would be cool to do some call-ins at some point if people are feeling it if people want to i don't know i don't know what whether i should offer you to make reads on them or whatever but but yeah yeah i mean that could take up a lot of time i think i'll just do it for you and i also uh, will take the moment to if you like the readings after this done you can uh purchase a reading from me as well so i'll take a moment to plug that um look on my twitter bio uh, okay, so can you see? You cannot yet. Okay, one second. And yes. Right, by, cool. by, so, by the way, chat, we are we are hyping uh, uh, Saddle Suits um, astrology business. So we, I'll, I'll link that. <laughs> I'll link that later in the, in yeah. the YouTube and some stuff. Awesome. All right, so I'm going to move you. I'm going to make this big. Um, okay. Awesome. And uh, so, chat, keep me. I don't know exactly how to do this. I might kind of block the plane, but we're also we're looking beyond the plane right now into like my future. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Oh, maybe here, maybe this is the move. I'm gonna put me in the corner, and then nice. put you under the chat. Maybe. Is this too small? I don't know how. I, I got a couple I ideas. Say, so it looks like the top is cut off, but that might be me. Let me just double check. Uh, no, you, you've got the top cut off a little bit, but I can move my view. So Let me know. Down. Ideally, I'll I'll leave it kind of like this, but I can't fuck with it if that would be. 
Okay. Of use. Uh, I think this is good. All right, guys, we got the. This is our astrology cam. This is, <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, yeah. so I'm actually going to show a couple different. So I'm going to start here, and then I'm going to show y'all something else real quick, just to demonstrate. So this is uh, Michael Kersey's natal chart. This is what the sky looks like at the time of his birth. So at this time, I do use whole sign houses. Uh, at this time, uh, you had the Jupiter was in Cancer with Chiron there, and actually, let me just double check that I'm using the right type of chart. Here. okay yes i am um yeah you've got a lot of sagittarius you've got a uh, sun and moon in sagittarius and a mercury in sagittarius oh pluto mars conjunction all right so uh essentially this is a picture of the sky and it is like any other 2d projection of the globe you know it's, it's a flattened Wait, map i'm gonna start so drinking sorry to interrupt you. i'm gonna start drinking. absolutely absolutely <laughs> feel free. Uh, this is a great thing to to drink to yeah um and actually let me turn off this uh user defined point because we don't need that oh uh chart options user defined point edit and then delete that and then save and then select and okay there we go it's gone um Okay, so this is what the sky looks like flattened. Now, where the ascendant is, this AS, is the exact degree of the sign that was on the horizon at the time of Michael's birth. And this is, so this line essentially right here, the ascendant and the implied opposite is the horizon. So over here you have the east, over here you have the west, and then I believe this is the south or north i always forget because it's it's difficult to understand until you yeah so this is the north and this is the south mm -hmm. and the reason is that the earth is on a tilt and the zodiac is inscribed around the ecliptic so there's not a direct map so imagine that you are actually facing uh towards the view so like you would be lying in the middle of the earth facing outwards because this is essentially a project a flattened projection of the ecliptic uh sphere so or rather the the great sphere that surrounds the earth the celestial sphere now let me show y'all something else which should make this a little bit more concrete hopefully um okay so open this up and then set this to capture astrolog okay all right can y'all see that okay it's a little bit awkward, but I think it, it should work. Sure, yeah. Okay, so now this is the view that a lot of astrologers don't work with. This is the 3D view of what the world actually is. And it kind of is is very beautiful and shows the picture. So uh, this is Astrolog, by the way. It's free software for Windows. It's uh, existed since like the 90s, and you can tell. Um, but it's still really useful for this view in particular. This so, is cool as fuck. I love how that looks. Just visually, yeah. I love how it looks, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and so this right here is essentially you. And then the equator is, where is the equator? The equator is this purple line right here. And then the ecliptic is what's inscribed around this line, I believe, because most of the planets are on it. And that's where you see these degrees around. So essentially, really the zodiac is right around here. And it's inscribed around this blue line that we see going around. Uh, and then, and you can also see kind of like the top of the Zodiac defined right there. So this is actually the very bottom of the Zodiac if we're looking at it. So let me, uh, I'm just going to do a display capture because I think that'll make it easier to understand. So 
when we're talking about the East, Wait, we're really on. talking about. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just have another oh, another genius idea for how to rearrange it, and it'll all be more impressive okay. if I do. So what I'm going to actually do is make you big. Ooh. And make it's close up, and then make the uh, plane it, small. Eris, it does make a difference to that the ecliptic is tilted. So based on the rotation of the Earth as well as your latitudinal or longitudinal location of your birth, it will change uh, what these lines look like. Well, depending on your house system. So there's different ways to divide the sky, and the, this is some of the astronomical calculations I'm talking about, where whole signs is a more traditional method from... Uh, from the old, old, like even before medieval, the Hellenistic era, where each house is 30 degrees exactly. But you can use a house system like Placidus, which this is set to, where it's more based on dividing, uh, choosing four angles in the sky or four subdivisions and then further subdividing those. And there's a bunch of different ones, and they all have like very mathy explanations uh, that don't matter too much uh, right now. So essentially, when I'm talking about the the ascendant you know that's this line right here uh this is whatever point i believe uh it's the first house line right here because this would be i believe the horizon at the time of birth so this is like essentially the edge of what you'd be able to see and so east is going i believe relative to your perspective because you have to remember we're facing outwards so this way is east and this way is westward i believe i might be getting that wrong because that's this is always still confusing to look at even after years because you know astrophysics and astronomy is hard um but essentially the idea is that you know you're in a actual 3d sphere that is subdivided into all these locations and so when you look at this we're really talking about this right here and so if you were to look at, say, the location of Birth straight down and you see, okay, like uh, we've got Mars and Pluto or Mars and the node right there. Uh, and if you look at the actual sign it's in, I believe it is yeah, in Gemini right now. So Mars and the node are in Gemini together right there. And if we, say, translated this to by animating this to the just the, the current time, will that work? Yeah, you'll see. There we go. Mars and the node right there are in the sign of Gemini. So yeah, it works. Um, okay, so that, that's the main thing I wanted to show. So let me switch back to the astro charts and then we'll actually look at what some of this stuff means. So uh, maybe saying it takes a shitload of time to learn everything there is to know about um, astrology. And I'm guessing that part of that is just actual like astronomy. Like you gotta, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Beyond yeah, you have, interpretive stuff and beyond like all that. you can learn to look at a natal chart and just like read it abstractly, read the planets, read the signs, read all that stuff. But what I've personally found is that if you really want to learn astrology and and some of the key ideas in it, you have to know the astronomy as well. Like you have to understand a lot of the details about how this stuff works on a mechanical level, because this is actually goes to my point about the astrology meets the astronomy in the middle. You know, we don't make our own stuff up. It's all based off the symbolic uh, ideas and explanations of astronomical movements or positions or orientations or what have you. Uh, anyways, I know I'm super big right now, so let me put this <laughs> other view up. Sure. Um, just one second. This one. No. 
this one and then okay. cool awesome uh oh wait not awesome not yet now awesome okay can you all see that okay that looks good all right perfect so this is michael kersey's natal chart so what we've got here and, and i'll kind of just go through the way i would interpret this normally is you have the sun and moon in a sagittarius so let me actually back up first and start and say most people understand that they have a sun sign you know they know that they're born in a certain time of year i was born in august uh i'm a leo um michael was born in whatever range sagittarius is and he's a sagittarius and that's all we know and we often hear like oh you know this you don't have a uh or i don't relate to my description of my sun sign and a lot of the time the reason for that is well basically all the time is that you don't have just a sun sign you have a sign for every single planet that exists and you can also try and create interpretations for them uh i saw a question about pluto as well we do include pluto we don't care whether it's um noted as a dwarf planet or a literal planet like that's all just categorization and what we pay attention to is the meanings and correlations to when it appears but so the sun is a sign that typically represents like your personal identity it's kind of like your mission in life it's what you end up doing and it often will show itself through the personality but there are other planets in my opinion that do are more indicative of you know your actual personality as well uh so a sun in sagittarius sagittarius is a sign that is very uh truth seeking it is all about uh you know finding a mission or a quest uh, i often relate them in my head to kind of like you know knights of uh you know like the the templar or something like that like somebody who's going out to try and find a holy grail sort of mission uh they are also very fun loving they're very uh expressive they often cannot control what they say like they they are compulsive truth speakers uh they often uh stick their feet in their own mouths as a result because they don't know how to like not just say what's on their mind uh and then yeah it's also literally the sign of philosophy it is the sign of uh all things of like higher learning deep pursuits and education things like that also a love of actually uh international travel uh long travel like <laughs> flights things like that like honestly this couldn't be any more perfect and it, it's almost always like this. Wait, wait, wait. So, um, hold on. so, so wait yeah. you you were just saying the what sign is that sagittarius oh yeah. just sagittarius full stop yeah. okay yeah yeah sagittarius so like you have three planets in sagittarius so that's all very significant like that means sagittarius will show up very strongly in your personality yep they they love uh they love freedom they don't want to be tied down things like that uh, so then we would move on to your ascendant. Uh, some people might start with it, but the ascendant, the idea is the sign that was on the horizon at the time of your first birth. So if you were a C-section, it's at the first time you took a breath un, uh, unassisted using your own lungs, lungs, you weren't using the umbilical cord. And if you were just a natural birth or, you know, I don't know, test tube baby or whatever, whenever you first took a breath is your, your birth. And the idea is that the sign has a i guess energetic component to it or whatever you want to call it then and whenever i i say this means that just read it as this has a correlation to this like mm -hmm. this is what we've observed um and so the ascendant in virgo often 
will tend to be somebody who is like uh, often has a has a distinct style of either fashion or like collection or like a, like a curatorial sort of edge that will tend to um, be, be finicky about things and and aesthetics in some way um often virgo rising will be uh veering to the to the edge of sometimes like a little bit critical or like very um detail oriented and very able to kind of like zone in on on tiny things and really like pull apart the pieces and see how things work stuff like that um so you'll notice that we have two different sort of descriptions right like virgo is very different from sagittarius mm -hmm. so you kind of blend them together um and that is the art of reading a natal chart you look at all these things and you're like okay how do these all fit together um so then i would maybe move on to this cluster of pluto and mars here together in the third house which is very interesting because mars in scorpio mars is the planet that's associated with activity action initiative aggression uh sex drive uh you know just it, it is the way in which you move through the world and you accomplish things you get stuff done um so mars in scorpio is a very interesting one because it has a lot of staying power scorpio is a fixed sign and scorpio often represents uh secrets intense experiences uh deep uncovering of those secrets it's exploratory often you'll see this in the the charts of like detectives investigative journalists things like that and it fits well with this sort of like you know philosopher sagittarian like let's dig in let's figure this out let's get deep into what's going on right here um and it's also interesting that you have this in the third house so the third house is this line right here and the third house represents teaching communication uh publishing but it's really more like like short form periodic serial publishing so like the podcast that you're doing uh right now for instance is a great example of the third house and yeah it's also a interest in sort of like more spiritual topics more deep topics the unknown the uh the hidden the unfathomable depths of things so you can look at these three parts of the chart and we haven't even looked at the rest of it but we can say yes like you are a thoughtful detail-oriented person who is interested in exploring the truth you will tend to do so through a medium that perhaps involves travel or uh international relations sometimes uh and you will want to go very very deep into these topics as well and the interesting thing about pluto mars is there may be kind of like a compulsive aspect to it because pluto has a signification of obsession of need of survival so there there can be an element to the personality where when you decide to do something you have to do it like it is life or death inside of yourself is how it can feel like it's this compulsive need to just go and do something um that that's typically how pluto will show up in some way or it's a way in which you can uh yeah you don't shy away from the dark and intense uh things in life as uh maybe is saying so then we can move on to did, you know did Venus. pluto can i ask yes. questions yeah did pluto show up in here yeah pluto is right here this is the glyph for pluto so you uh -huh. have what's called a conjunction and uh, a conjunction is when the energies or sort of meanings of the two planets combine in a very strong way. And they essentially become kind of like one super planet, I guess you could call it. Uh, the closer they are, the more they act 
together and their their needs and their desires cannot be separated as cleanly. So mm. another thing that I haven't pointed out yet is, you know, you have your moon and your Mercury together. So the moon is how you feel safe, how you feel comforted, uh, how you react to things automatically and instinctively. And so Sagittarius is very much like, okay, well, let's find the truth or let's, you know, uh, do something powerful about this because it's a, it's a fire sign. But with Mercury there, Mercury is how you process information, catalog information, learn information, and also disseminate it. So the way of communication will tend to be very playful, very, um, you know, expressive, very enthusiastic. It's a fire sign. Uh, sort of thing but you've got this mixture of mars here in your third house which also has to do with communication so it tempers it a little bit your virgo ascendant also tempers it a little bit you're a little bit more thoughtful if you had a like a, a sagittarius ascendant with all that sag you would be just this crazy crazy <laughs> very very playful super expressive person most likely um so the other piece is you also have mercury conjunct your moon and because of that, that'll tend to make the way in which you react to things automatically is to process intellectually. Like when you receive new information, when new stuff happens, it's to think about it. it you know, the, the feeling and emotional center and the logical center are very much coupled and pulled together, essentially, is how I would read that. Um, let's see. So moving on to Venus. So Venus and Capricorn. Uh, Venus and Capricorn, Venus is all about how you receive love. It's all about how you enjoy being adulated or being, um, you know, cared for or, uh, you know, adored, essentially. Like, Venus is the sign that says, pay attention to me, you know, love me. And so um, Venus and Capricorn tends to be a little bit more uh, reserved. It can keep people at a distance. It can, uh, it, in a way, it demands people to prove that they love you. Like, they have to earn it, in a way. That's a very common uh, Venus Capricorn thing. Um, and more commonly, this uh, that, that's one possible motivation. I want to say that's like how Venus and Capricorn works, but a common dynamic with Venus and Capricorn is that you can go a very long time between relationships because you want somebody who's there who shows that they mean it, who shows that they really care about you and that they're kind of there for the long haul uh, or there for, you know, something substantial. It also will tend to... Not too long, I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be too long <laughs> with all of the Sagittarius you have. You know, you don't want to be tied down too much, but you want somebody who's like firm you know you you can feel them there uh and, and like they they have a, a tangibility you know that's all those earth sign things so you probably also really enjoy you know physical touch is probably uh, a decently high love language for you uh or acts of service is also very very capricorn yeah exactly cap venus wants somebody people to put in the work um and uh yeah, yeah. So also, as Holy Weather is pointing out, yeah, someone with a taste for intense conversations, definitely uh, Mars, Pluto in the third house. And then finally, we have the 11th house, which is also very funny. So uh, you have Jupiter there in Cancer, and Jupiter in Cancer often is kind of a nurturing figure. They, they want to take care of somebody. Um, it brings this energy that desire that really enjoys helping people. 
in some way or another. But it's particularly, I said, it's funny because it's in the 11th house and the 11th house is all about communities. It's all about like social clubs. It's all about people. And, you know, you, you literally run a podcast, Twitch stream, interview kind of deal for the people, by the people. Like it's all very, very uh, community oriented. Um, and then you also have Chiron there. And I don't know Chiron so well, but Chiron is, I mean, I don't work with it a ton, but Chiron is this planet that represents the the wounded healer, and it often represents a part of the self that is not like cannot really be fixed. It can't really be healed. It is a source of learning and education. And so Chiron in the eleventh means that you've probably experienced something in life related to groups of people, communities of people, friend groups, et cetera, et cetera, that may have you know harmed you or made you feel wounded in some way that, that you work through in life, in your experience. Uh, and this can often be kind of like a very background sort of thing because it's often related to deep-rooted forms of trauma. Um, so I won't, you know, like, I can't say too much about that because I just don't know. Like, uh, you'll find that much of the time, like what I'm doing right now, is a uh, essentially a party trick. Like I'm saying a bunch of the traditional meanings, but the mm -hmm. way in which you should do astrology for a natal reading is to talk back and forth to identify the major dynamics and the personality and, and what exactly is happening there. Um, and you know, what issues somebody might have or where they can apply further forms of leverage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll take a little break before I move on to the outer planets, but how, what do you think so far? How's this reading? So, yeah, I took a couple notes. I, I literally, so here's the philosopher in me. It's like I wanted to turn your thing into just a sequence of, of propositions and then rate them, like, uh, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, this is, so let me think for a second. Because I have these notes here. I'll think out loud. I have these notes yeah, here. Yeah, and just, just so you know, like, yeah. when I do these sorts of readings, my expected accuracy rate is, like, about 70%. Like, that. that's about roughly what I, I tend to get right. Yeah, so I'll just go ahead and say, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, so, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, and if I'm totally off, that's also... No, 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 no. It, no, it's pretty right. It just sounds okay. pretty right. And then I have these other voices in my head being like, nah, dude, this shit's fake. <laughs> like, but I'm going to just go ahead and say it, it sounds right. So the Sagittarius stuff, yes. Some of it was interesting in that it sounds right for me now, mm -hmm. but hasn't been in the past, So, mm -hmm. which is a little weird. So with relationships, pretty much since I was like 19, I was just in relationships in sequence until... Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, and, and I, in between relationships were like at most a couple of months. And then mm -hmm. I, I, the longest I've been single is, is actually now. I mean, it's been like a year or two or something. I mm -hmm. fucking don't even ask me. Um, it's been a bit. Uh, but that, so that was interesting. The thing mm -hmm. about, I guess it's interesting when I'm thinking about the romantic stuff. The thing about the kind of like shit testing that's kind of fucking real i've gotten that feedback before um, <laughs> about being like kind of hard on people um the pluto mars thing yeah the thing it made me think of was not philosophy per se but but i have like a mystical streak um mm -hmm. yep. and i pray a lot and i do and I'm, i i think of that as like a source of guidance and knowledge and mm -hmm. um so you're talking about secrets and sort of dark intense things um mm -hmm. i kind of ha had an obsession with pain when i was you know, pain and fear was like a thing i was obsessed with yeah that is um, such a pluto mars scorpio story dude like like you, you, 
sorry, I keep going, but like yeah. the, the fact that you say that just blows me away because I'm like, yep, that that is exactly that placement. That is what that talks about, you know. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, please go on. Yeah, that's. I mean, what else did you say? The um, the playfulness and communication is interesting because this is also a tension in my life because, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so obviously a bunch of it kind of read the channel, you know, the the thing we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and but the tension in my life has been a little bit between this like am i honestly this is kind of like a career question am i more of an entertainer or am i more of an intellectual mm-hmm. and yeah. so i don't know fuck it it's philosophers playing flight yeah. simulator so let's look at so yeah. that is a great point for me to pour some whiskey and let's get into it <laughs> totally totally yeah uh also we so... got a, we got a lot of chat happening and i, I feel like i'm missing it because i'm thinking about the like you know my soul and shit but yeah yeah i mean pl- chat please be insistent if if you desperately want us to look at something because like this it tends to suck you in um yeah people are just making different observations and we got a lot of people know about astrology in the chat apparently yeah (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no but keep going yeah okay so the way so for instance the way in which you might uh look at and it's funny because i actually literally have this book with me at this very moment oh wait y'all can't see me huh um one sec let's see oh yeah let me let me look at the north north node but yeah i literally have this book uh by me uh it's like a handbook of how you might decide oh i want this career or that career um but anyways hmm. excuse me so vocational guidance um, by astrology yeah so uh you won't you won't really be able to get any uh, value out of that. I just wanted to sh- like if you're not versed in astrology already, but um, essentially it's kind of like a guide in you know different ways you can look at vocation or career, etc. So traditionally, the way you would do this is you would start by looking at uh, a number of factors. So one of the key ones is the midheaven. Um, it is the highest point in the sky at the time of your birth. So it essentially represents the thing that is most visible and the thing that you put into the universe and into the world, essentially. So when you have this uh, placement, I mean, everybody has the placement, but you look at it and you're like, okay, well, what is that related to? So one of the things we can look at is that it's in Taurus and the ruler of Taurus is Venus. So your job the thing that you put out there into the world that you're known for i don't want to say it's just career because it's more than that it's often the thing that you become known for it's kind of like your legacy and contribution to the world will be venusian in nature so related to arts to entertainment (laughs) uh in the fifth house which is also related to things that you create so you'll be making these things you know um and so this is your personal output which will tend to be artistic um and will tend to be something capricorny which can mean either like you are literally building architecture or something like that or uh could mean you are just the way in which you approach it is capricorn which is very steady uh solid work towards a goal and an achievement and kind of like building an empire like capricorn is very much like an empire building kind of sign um so the other thing is you look at though is you also look at the sun and you look at the moon uh because those are kind of key personality drivers as well as virgo so the sun and moon being in sagittarius is it's always going to have this sort of like truth seeking philosophical thoughtful bent and you can't really get away from it that's going to be there no matter what 
Um, and so I, I suggest you embrace that. And you've also got, you know, Mercury right there. So, I mean, honestly, Michael, it's, it's a stuff that's a lot like what you're doing now. It's a blend of these things. It's a blend of the philosophical, of the entertaining, of the joyful, of the aesthetic. You know, like you've literally created a space for us all to hang out in where we can go over a beautiful sky and live there for a little bit and just talk about high-minded topics and exist in that space. You know, like you're you're living your chart right now in this moment, which is just wild to me. Cause like, and this is why I do this because you, you see it all over the chart. Um, and the other piece, of course, is always going to be about communication. It's about going to be pushing stuff out into the world, uh, like, you know, communications, media, writings, etc. with that Pluto Mars there. And you're going to want to tend to explore these dark, dark, deeper topics as well. So, like, if there's any part of you that maybe you're not bringing forward yet, and I haven't seen enough of, uh, you know, philosophers play flight sim and i apologize for that but like if you haven't pushed much of this out there yet this could be another part another way in which to to live your chart um but i, I will also say that you know these things are lower in the horizon so you'll tend to be a little bit more secretive or a little bit more reclusive with them like symbolically speaking they're the lowest point in the sky for you at the time of your birth and so they uh will probably manifest that way too where you you might be a little less comfortable expressing these sides of, or components of your personality or you might you know never do it in the public sphere and that's also totally fine but like the impulses that drive you to the things that you will create will lead from from both directions um, and oftentimes like mars will often rule career as well so don't ignore it and the the impulses that it gives you it's yeah it's interesting you're saying it's cool that it has this like below the horizon is secret because i do think a lot about how people have secret sides mm -hmm. right yeah that's, that's... yeah so it's interesting because the the uh, all the houses the fourth eighth and twelfth houses traditionally associated with water signs have to do with often emotions and things that are more hidden um right. the fourth house is actually where you were uh, it's like your family. It's the things you're sentimental about. It's the things you feel about um, that are like very, very deep within yourself, often from childhood. So it's likely that a key part of your identity in some way, if uh, and we do have the birth chart correct here, um, it's likely that, you know, your family or your upbringing or your memory or your childhood is a source of inspiration for you with the sun there or uh, a source of like motivation or there's things that you're still figuring out about where you came from. Uh, and your your own upbringing and past experiences. That's the fourth house's significations. Um, whereas the eighth house is the house of, <clears throat> this is a fun one. It's literally the death and taxes house. Okay. Uh, it rules death, regeneration, other people's property. It also rules like uh, inheritances that you get from your family. Um, it rules like like trauma, deep hidden things. Like it, like it is the Scorpio house. It's very intense very plutonic, very dark, very kind of heavy. Um, and what's interesting is that your eighth house ruler, uh, your eighth house is in Aries. It's there with Pluto. Your eighth house ruler is Mars. So Mars is that secret uh, planet for you. Mars is the, the driver of all that force assisted by Pluto. And uh, the 12th house, finally, is the house of... It's it's many things as well. All, the, the, all these water houses tend to be like that. But essentially, it has to do with healing christ consciousness disillusion uh as in dissolving things uh releasing things it has to do with 
death. It has to do with healing, but it also has to do with things that are hidden. And sometimes when I'll look at a chart, I'll see that somebody has like the moon in the 12th house or the sun or Mercury in the 12th house. And I'll, I'll usually be able to tell them or ask them like, hey, do you feel like people don't understand you or like they misinterpret you or they look over you? And oftentimes it's true because it's literally the house of hidden things. Hmm. So when you are when an important placement is there, like your sun or your moon, you tend to be hidden from the world or from other people or they don't like rock you. They just can't perceive you in the way that you you should be by default, you know? Um, and it, it's interesting because you can kind of construct these narratives based on the shapes of the chart. So if you have a bunch of stuff in the bottom house like you do, then you will tend to be more inner motivated. You will have resources and energies and, and needs that are driven by your, your internal dynamics of your personality and things that you need to solve. Whereas if you have things that are upfront, you'll tend to be more oriented to the outside world, to other people, to, you know, things that come in and how you engage with them. And, you know, you'll notice that all of your stuff is down here, except for your Jupiter and your Chiron. So in a way, like Jupiter, the way in which you expand and grow is in public. Like this is That's what you're doing right now. That's super fucking true. That's super true. To the, extent, yeah. to the extent that I, this is going to sound a little bit crazy, but... Please. Um... I often think that in order to grow as a person, I have to do something in public. And it's like, yeah. I will sometimes put together communities and I will sometimes, oh, cool, we got it. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Cool. There we go. Perfect. The I'm sometimes shocked at like, so like if I want to learn about sociology, I, I have to start a book group. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, can't, I can't just do it by myself. It's like stuff like that. Um, yeah. That that's Jupiter. Like Jupiter shows you yeah. where you uh, um, where you thrive essentially, and where you uh, grow as a person. Where you literally like Jupiter rules expansion. It rules beneficence. Like all these good things, and it is uh, it's something that you're gonna follow probably you know most of your life uh, because that's your Jupiter placement. So like that's kind of like how you thrive in this lifetime. It's just completely wild. Um, just to, just as a question right. of, it's super fucking wild. Um, yeah. The, it's interesting because the there's like an ontology here. I don't know. My thoughts are going, but the yeah, um, yeah, let's let's go. Well, so what do we? I guess my mouse won't show, but um, if just as a matter of interpreting the chart, mm -hmm. so there's the colored rings, and then there's these symbols are along the inside of in, in the white. Yeah. Um. And then just give me just the simple, like, what are those again? Yeah, totally. Okay, so, and sorry, I should have started with that. But basically, that's, that's, that's okay. there, yeah. there are a number of components to astrology. They are the planets, the signs the planets are in, and then the houses that the planets are in, excuse me, and then the aspects that are made between them. Uh, sort of a way, simple way to think about it is the planets represent the components of the personality, the houses or sorry the signs represent the ways in which those components are expressed the houses represent the area of life that they tend to be expressed in and then the aspects between the planets which we actually haven't looked at yet for you is the ways in which those expressions interact with one another so when these are all aspects essentially so there's a number of aspects and I, I put myself over the wheel so let me move myself and double check that y'all can see this okay let me put this uh 
down here because I'll just point out the aspects. Okay, that works fine. So the, the major aspects right here are these top five ones. And then you have a couple of minor ones which are considered to have less of an impact uh, on, on people, I guess I'd say. Uh, so the conjunction is a zero degrees. So Mars and Pluto are conjunct. And if and Moon and Mercury are conjunct as well. Opposition is 180 degrees. So you have an opposition between your Jupiter and your Neptune. Uh, trine is 120 degrees. So you have a trine between Chiron and your Pluto Mars. Uh, and then a square is 90 degrees. And you have a square between, let's see, you've got a square between the node and your Pluto Mars conjunction as well. And then there's also some lesser known or more minor ones like the semi-sextile, you have a semi-sextile between your Pluto and your Moon, uh, and then a quincunx, or a inconjunct, is 150 degrees, and you have a inconjunct between your Chiron and your Moon uh, as well. So essentially, you can view this as the network of energy of the components of your personality interacting in dynamic action. So when we look at these, we might say, oh, well, your Chiron is trining this important configuration of Pluto and Mars. And so the blue aspects are aspects that are considered flowing. They work together really well, um, but it's not always good. Like it's frequently uh, the, the amateur way to interpret all trines, sextiles, et cetera, is like, oh, it's good, it's great, it's flowing. But you know, I've seen in charts, like people who are huge assholes have a lot of trines because it all just flows for them. Life is just one seeming, uh, like just seamless flow and they just go through life until they get obliterated by reality, which shows up at some point because they have no internal conflict. They don't have any internal like struggles that would propel them to grow on their own before they encounter the real world. Whereas people who have tons of squares and, and whatnot uh, will have, tend to have very difficult internal lives, but they grow a lot and they develop extreme strength as a relate, uh, as a result of all of that. Um, so to actually read into this, so the red are essentially uh, harsh and then the blue are flowing. And then the conjunction is considered kind of special because it's just like a pure combination of the two. And then the quincunx, I also consider it to be harsh, even though it's green. Um, not sure why, uh, but anyways, mm. so <clears throat> with this Jupiter-Neptune opposition, what's interesting is that uh, Neptune is the planet of imagination and dreams and aspirations and things like that. It's like the, it's, it's related to film, it's related to fame, it's related to, um, you know, the ideal best perfect thing that could ever be possible. And then you also have Saturn here, conjunct Neptune, and Saturn is a planet that represents kind of like the hardship, the restriction, the the lessons, the things that you have to do. Uh, that it's it's I always use the metaphor for Saturn of, you know, it's not like investing in the stock market. You can't put ten bucks in and get a hundred bucks out out later. Uh, it's like going to your dad and mowing the lawn, and it gives you a dollar. And then you go to him again, and you mow the lawn, you get a dollar. You do a hundred times, and you get a hundred dollars back. It's one to one. It's hard work to output. That's what it is. So with Saturn and Neptune together. It's kind of weird uh, because it's almost like you are in in the role of bringing the intangible to form because Neptune is literally this planet that's associated with not like 
it's all very vague it's idealistic it's fantastical and saturn is structure it is strength it is form it is building and so when you combine those two you can end up with a scenario where either neptune or saturn can be stronger one where you are like able to bring these things to fruition or sometimes you might be too hard on yourself because you are never quite able to live up to neptune's expectations of the ideal dream and then saturn's expectations of how well you should have executed that and that's also both of these this dynamic is in opposition to your jupiter so it's likely that when you are creating these spaces for communities and people in public you're always trying to build the ideal space the dream community the dream sort of project but you're, you're also like trying to work on it really hard and there's this dynamic of like oh maybe this one this isn't good enough maybe like i need to push this to the next level i need to do this and that and that like that's jupiter saturn neptune like all in direct opposition and the crazy thing about the opposition is it cannot be resolved like you are only mm -hmm. ever going back and forth between those two energies of being like yeah i got this this is jupiter let's fucking do it uh versus neptune and saturn which are like you know this is the ultimate dream get it right uh sort of uh sort of aspect so yeah it, it's it's really interesting because like jupiter clearly is playing a role in your chart in a big way for you uh, i think it's also exalted in cancer which is pretty sweet uh just makes it extra strong um and oh that's also interesting because jupiter well sorry i, I won't go too deep yet <laughs> um but yeah so like that's an example of the opposition that i've seen let, let me just give you one reaction so the yeah. bringing the intangible to light um is definitely something i'm trying to do super mm -hmm. duper hard and the way this manifests for me is one is philosophy two two is dude like five ways philosophy is one history is one i literally have a, yeah. a blog post um history is boring because you don't want to feel it this is the blog post i wrote basically about how oh, yeah, yeah. It, there's a secret meaning right there is a meaning mm -hmm. in fact i have i am now remembering that one of the themes so i, I have my Substack newsletter i've written mm -hmm. like 20 newsletters and in one of them i said uh i'm trying to figure out what the theme is here to all this stuff and i made a list of like nine posts that were all about how there is a secret meaning that we can apprehend um nice. so philosophy history religiosity is one of them uh virtue and social dynamics is another one that i'm that i'm super mm -hmm. so that that definitely resonated when you mentioned uh this the bringing the intangible to light um, yeah absolutely and cool. i mean that's reflected there you know it's it's close to your venus as well um it's a little far for a conjunction but it's in the same sign so traditionally you'd say they're related um and like let me point out something interesting to you as well so let's go a, a level deeper uh there's this idea of what are called uh terms so you have each sign is essentially broken up into five of the different traditional non-luminary planets and so when you're when you have a planet under that sign it means they essentially kind of report to that planet you also have a uh, so you have another level of relationship besides just the rulership of like oh you know your fifth house is in capricorn the rule is saturn so your saturn is extra strong in the fifth house uh, i like terms a lot because they often reveal things like for instance you have uh, your midheaven under saturn 
So it reports to Saturn in its manifestation. So if I'm looking even deeper at your career, I'm like, okay, Midheaven, the ruler is Venus. It's going to be something uh, artistic, aesthetic related, something perhaps even sensual, something uh, that, that is about entertainment and joy, things like that. But then Midheaven is also under Saturn's term right here. And Saturn is with Neptune under Jupiter's term. And then Jupiter is where? It is in your 11th house. So you can kind of like follow the terms and see where they land and where does uh, Jupiter land? It also lands under Venus and Venus is under Saturn's term. So you now have a triangle that's being formed between your Midheaven, your Jupiter and your Saturn and your Venus. I guess it's really like it's connected to all of those. So when you're talking about uh, a career sort of thing, you can look at the terms and be like, well, it's going to involve Venusian things, Jupiterian things, and then Saturn, Saturnian things, and also reflecting their locations and their placements as well. Uh, the MC is under Saturn because it is under uh, the, the sect, or sorry, not the sect, the uh, term right here. So the sign rulership is Venus, but the term rulership is Saturn. So yeah, this is pretty wide. So is it a mis is this a misinterpretation that like, well, so that there, so there are important parts and like kind of less important parts. Mm -hmm. But then, um, yeah. So yes. So so you know, I would say even to start to think about it, like um, <clears throat> if you consider people, people have more important parts and less important parts as well. Right. So it does resonate. And you also made this comment about how Venus is more. Uh, taciturn and reserved manifestations of Capricorn haven't really evolved until, you know, later on in life. So, like, there's two parts to it. One is that certain planets are stronger based on placement. So, like, your Saturn and Jupiter are both extra strong because Jupiter is in its sign of exaltation, uh, which is just, like, each uh, traditional planet has an exaltation sign uh, where it feels extra powerful. And then your Saturn is dignified uh, by domicile, so it it is... Uh, the ruler of Capricorn, so it's in its home, so it's also extra strong. So you have this very strong pull between both Jupiter and Saturn. They're important planets for you. Um, and let's see. So Mars, I think, I don't have, I don't remember all of the exaltations, dignities, etc., because I don't like really need to have them memorized for the type of work that I do a lot of the time. But um, essentially, these two planets are very strong. And comparatively speaking, the other ones may not be as strong. But, you know, like, these personal planets always still matter. So, like, it is very much also... Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm starting to word, word soup, word salad a little bit. Um, there are certain planets which are stronger than others, often dictated by their sign and whether or not they make any aspects to other planets. Um, and also sometimes their speed, whether or not they're retrograde, mm -hmm. whether or not they've uh, stationed retrograde, things like that. And so when what one thing that can happen is you can have a planet that's in a specific location of the chart where it's technically not related to any other planet. It's not making a strong enough aspect to any of them or it's too far off. And we call that a, uh, 
a peregrine planet or like a lost wandering planet. And because it's not associated to any of other, the other planets, especially if it's not connected to the Ascendant, the moon or the sun, then what can happen is that dynamic of the personality is not integrated. So for instance, a peregrine Mars can represent that in the personality, uh, this person may either be like very docile and not connected to their sense of aggression at all, mm. or they can be a person whose aggression is totally out of control because it's not calibrated with the rest of the chart. It's not calibrated with the rest of their personality. Like the types of people, you know, like you, you know people like this, one who like would never defend themselves, would never uh, put up for themselves, and then people who just like go off at a moment's notice for like no reason. Uh, like that could be described by a Peregrine Mars. Um, not just, but that's just one example of how those sorts of things can be read. Um, do you read anything into empty houses? Uh, so <clears throat> for me, it typically means that that area of life just won't be as emphasized throughout the entire life. But when you're looking at transits, planets will always activate the houses that they enter into. So even though, you know, Michael has like an empty second house, whenever he has Jupiter enter there or, uh, you know, the sun or Venus or anything like that, um, then the, the second house things will be activated. So it'll also be like, if I'm looking at this, it'll say, oh, the second, something enters the second house, it will be associated with the Venus ruler. So it's likely that when a transit happens to the second house, uh, Michael will also have a, Michael will have a, uh, like a financial event or some sort of property or ownership event because that's what the second house rules and it'll likely be related to his venus and his fifth house matters so like for you because uh michael because venus rules your second house the way in which goods accumulations property etc tend to come to you will be related to venusian topics of um re you know relaxation joy entertainment love lust sexuality things like that like um i don't know an example might be like oh you know you're somebody else i might read saying like oh they have a massage parlor or something like that so right. it's related to like their money like that's how they one of the ways they make money because um, otherwise you might look at the second house and if you just say oh a second house means nothing happens there that means that this person has no money like they don't ever own anything you know which isn't uh just doesn't happen so it's just reduced emphasis um but can still get triggered by very big events like even if you have a totally empty second house if you get a pluto transit there or a saturn transit there like watch out like hold on to your shit basically or in my french so do you do you personally think that it's significant um, not just at the life level, but like at years and months and weeks and days, or do you, mm -hmm. or do you say some of these, eh, so do, do you have a personal kind of take? It depends how closely you look. So like for me, I, when I'm looking at financial astrology, I am looking at the level of days, uh, sometimes hours. Uh, there have been moments like in crypto, I was looking at Dogecoin and it made a very significant, like move to to within like 15 minutes of an aspect i was looking at and i was just like what the hell so like it can go really really deep uh there's even a book um by this woman i forget what it's called but it's essentially about how to gamble with astrology and she has this hmm. system that's devised on gambling for four minutes a day and she's like this is your sweet spot this is your lucky wow. time of the day based on transits to your ascendant or or the way the the ascendant moves and so she's like yeah go to the slots every day 
and write down when you hit it big. And then every day after that, it's probably going to move by four minutes. And then there, you know, there's certain times which are more lucky overall, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, as, uh, as Multi's pointing out, there's also like uh, planetary rulers of each day and each hour, but those tend to be more uh, esoteric and more for like magical usage, but you can also use them as elections for deciding when to do things. Uh, they're less predictive. They're more like actions you would take. Um, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, as deep as you can get enough detailed information on, you mm -hmm. could theoretically go. Like, it's all up for study. I do have some ideas about, like, markets shifting intraday or maybe gambling, things like that that are related to the movement of the Ascendant and maybe which planet gets activated. But it's not something I've studied and certainly not something I've studied enough to put money on, you know, on those sorts of timescales. Right. Yes. Deep. <laughs> this is wild. The... Uh... I, I I find myself growing like kind of like I think it's a little bit the whiskey and it's a little bit like foggy headed or something and, and this yeah. happens with kind of psychological stuff um, mm -hmm. is just super reliably for me. Um, the it's very it's a lot to sort of process. Um, it is, and there's yep. a lot to. It's very interesting. I mean, I just find myself wanting to think about it. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna like I'm gonna re-listen this later. <laughs> like, see yeah, what the fuck, yeah the the implications of astrology are massive like they they are unbelievably profound and every time you learn more about it and you get deeper and deeper and deeper the the weirder all of this gets everything which is why i'm so into it because like mm -hmm. astrology has taught me more about the nature of reality than anything i've ever studied and like because you you have to contend with the fact that it works and what the fuck like why why does it work at all should i avoid swearing on the stream by the way i think swearing's fine yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. um but so we got a question so the reason for four minute segments is because it takes approximately four minutes for the ascendant to move one degree so the idea is that at your key gambling or lucky times there's an aspect that's happening directly to your ascendant for that four minute duration at which it's an orb uh, it's like a one degree orb so it's really tight this is super wild the the um and so then the planets have different characteristics mm -hmm. um and are are those like mythologically based like i mean it sounds like they are it sounds like it's yeah. kind of like specifically greek mythology yeah, so it's specifically Greek mythology, but every culture has star lore and star myths, and that's really where it comes from. Hmm. Like, you know, the earliest ones are, are from Babylon, where I believe Tiamat is Saturn and uh, Marduk is Jupiter, who slays Saturn hmm. during the, you know, the creation of the universe, essentially. And so a lot of these uh, mythologies are really just stories about the movements of astronomical and astrological indications. And, um, you know, like you can use astrology for all kinds of things. You can use it for weather, for events, for wars, for, you know, nations. If you know the time, you can do this type of interpretation. If you know the day and time, like one of the craziest things to me is the relationship between the, the, the chart of the USA and the federal reserve, because they are interlocked at like five different key points, which makes sense. It's the federal reserve bank of the U S you know, it's majorly, majorly important to our economic prosperity or, you know, lack thereof, depending on what happens. Um, and you see this stuff happen 
over and over and over. And I mean, like, you can look at a family and you'll find between uh, like the the couple uh who give birth like the couple both have very close aspects that are interacting sometimes conjunctions like it's with people who end up getting married and like you know have kind of like this you know lifelong relationship they are super 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 close and then the children will also have aspects that are reflected by that and like that's the crazy thing to me because like why should a child happen to have the same moon sign as your sun sign which perfectly correlates to the experience of oh you know passing on personality characteristics to your child like how is it that the the moon which moves uh it takes 27 days to move through the entire zodiac so it spends two and a half days in a given sign it moves very quickly how the fuck does it happen that you have a kid who has the moon sign of your sun sign and all these other placements you know like mm. i i get very hype about this because it is ridiculous like it is insane like it, it uh -huh. shouldn't work it uh -huh. should not work which huh um, I don't do synastry readings professionally, but like I'll, I'll dabble with them and just look at charts because I haven't done a ton of them. Uh, I know a fair amount about synastry, but I haven't had like as much field experiences with uh, Natal. So I'd, shoot me a DM sometime. I'd be kind of curious, like, um, and then also at some point maybe we can hit some of the Twitter questions or, or get callers if anybody's yeah, in, yeah. into it. Um, but what do you think you're going to do with this? I mean, are you kind of just seeing where things go with the, um, you know, the readings you're, you're doing for people now, or mm -hmm. like, do you have thoughts of starting a business? Uh, like how big could it get? Or is that not really how you're thinking about it? I'm just, uh, stuff like that. Uh, so I am a triple Leo. I have my sun, moon and Jupiter in Leo. So it is big. Um, <laughs> by definition, uh, that's, fire signs uh so i i started studying financial astrology mm -hmm. and i realized that it would be fun to try and break the stock market by publishing <laughs> proof of the correlations of how it works um i don't know how tenable that would be nowadays but basically my goal is to develop a trading strategy um that targets high periods of volatility in stocks, uh, which you can do uh, with certain planets. Like literally, excuse me, Uranus is the volatility planet. It is sudden upheavals, it's sudden changes, things like that. And there's a number of other uh, indicators like Jupiter, Neptune. Uh, the, the top in GameStop was an exact Jupiter-Neptune conjunction to the day. Like the day it peaked, Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, it's basically the most ultimate uh, sort of like explosion of fantastical expression of monetary uh, insanity possible. Uh -huh. um, but so like my goal is to make money off of strategies like that um, and eventually just be able to fund myself so I can start my own research institution because my goal is I want to get, you know, as many part-time or full-time astrologers as I can studying these statisticians, uh, data scientists, journalists, or writers, things like that, so we can start publishing this data and doing this research ourselves. Because, like, if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Like, it is happening, but it's not happening in a way that is very forward. Uh, that, that's, like, 
you know, very web 3.0, so to speak, or like mm. very uh, crypto future, whatever. Um, most of the people doing astrological research just do so in very tiny astrology journals. Like correlation is probably the one uh, associated with the astrological journal of uh, England, I believe. And they do publish articles like this, but they are, you know, just in this tiny little paper subscription that basically very few people read right um so my my long long long-term goal is to basically i want it to be so accessible to use astrology that you can get an app and you will have just a list of times and days that are automatically calculated for you personally that you should ideally do something for the best result and it, it i want it to be something that is you know unobtrusive like you're like oh i want to buy an expensive purchase or i want to do this thing or i want to have like a really good party and i don't really care when it happens so let's look at the app and let's see when it says and use that astrology uh to to determine those things because like if you don't really care and you you would just take an edge then see if it works just mess it out mess with it you know because all of this is perfectly doable with enough time and money and effort and technical know-how which mm. is also why i'm big into this computational astrology thing because the literally the only thing that's limiting us is the lack of tooling lack of apis lack of uh, uh, many many things because when you're thinking about astrological applications like this this is a very heavy duty windows application and uh a lot of apps are either constrained to mobile smartphones or devices or they're very limited web experiences because to build an experience like this requires like full integration from the entire stack. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but like my, my dreams are very, very big. Like I want to change the world because it's possible because all of this stuff is right beyond the veil of sort of like, you know, darkness that materialist uh thinking has led us into up to this point like the world is fucking magical it is made of i don't know i don't know what it's made of but it's it's <laughs> crazy and uh that gets me very excited and that's that's what my long long term plan is but for now you know money i'll take money that's fine yeah dude I, we, we got a uh blunderbuss that says he loves your energy we got a few people uh, <laughs> feeding <laughs> off of it right now the um <laughs> It's Good. fascinating. I, I I definitely appreciate the fullness with which you're going about it. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna make Uranus capital management, and we're gonna <laughs> fucking make the make the you know bring it to the people and kind of make, use yeah. it as a tool. Um, yeah, heck yeah. Because I mean, like, basically, people already interact with astrology apps, but they're. They're, they're for the most part not very good like costar uh is kind of terrible it's it's like really a fear mongering app but it's the first thing you find if you google for an astrology application uh there's the um there is the the pattern which is another really good one actually uh, but they pretty much obscure that they use astrology like mm. you have to go far pretty far into the app and notice that they ask for your birth time and they start talking about cycles and they start giving you these little texts that read a lot like astrology delineations because the way i think they do it is they basically look at your transits and they chunk them up into individual uh bits of text and they have writers who are clearly like instructed to write the blobs in such ways that they flow really well that they're like componentized into each other um which is a lot of uh a lot of work and takes a lot of talent but it's still very much like shy about itself and the fact that it uses astrology. 
so, just on the business side, I, I, I'm kind of mm. just curious because I'm I, I'm not like involved in astro- yeah. astrology Twitter at all, um, and I don't know if there's one or two accounts. Fuck it, I, I'd follow just to see. Um, mm. Uh, except for you know, I follow you, of course. Um, I think, um, but the at least see you on the timeline all the time, so I think I follow you. Um, yeah. <laughs> the uh, how many people are into this? Like, I, I guess that's kind of the question. It's sort of, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? It's for me growing up, it was always like I would I would look at this stuff up on the internet because it was cool mm-hmm. during a certain phase, and then there was like in it's kind of interesting that in the newspaper there's astrology yeah, yeah um there's a whole lot of stuff that isn't in like the newspaper i guess maybe it depends on the newspaper but yeah that's i get true. i'm kind of just curious like i don't know like for the app like how big is the community of people um you know we had shloms on and he was talking about whales in the crypto community and how yeah. they support like nft art are there like astrology whales like are there big funders like so uh, my understand i don't know them but like my understanding is that there definitely are like so the you know the the market right now for what do they call it mystical services or something like that is billions large like there's many many people interested in astrology in tarot in psychic services things like that um and like i think it's it's probably much larger than most people even realize especially with the recent and this is where we kind of blend into astro talk of the recent ingress of uh neptune into pisces uh is bringing forward all of this very very significant um metaphysical thinking because neptune is at is at home in pisces and rules spirituality and all these things as well so with that you like almost to the to the month or the day or whenever you started to see all these news articles come out about new startups doing astrology apps new uh you know psychic services new waves of interest like it's huge and uh i think that we're kind of going through a phase where it's getting heavily capitalized and many people are like getting into it and i think you know it'll go in waves but like it's very very big um easily like billions of dollars and i think it's probably very hidden because the interest in astrology traditionally has been very gendered at least in western society and so Hmm. a lot of the time you if you interact with a lot of men like you will never hear about it because astrology is like you know there's the joke that xyz is just astrology for dudes um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, like, it's it's just really about who you're talking to and what spaces you're in. Because, like, Astro Twitter is massive. I constantly find new people I've never even heard of. And I follow, like, a lot of the, the big major accounts. Um, like, you know, Chris, I don't know, Marin Altman, uh, who is not uh, somebody I recommend, but somebody who is a representative of a big follower, had, like, 80,000 followers at one point. Um hmm. Yeah. And then like, you know, Chris Brennan, who's basically the Hellenistic astrology superstar. Let me see how many he has actually. Are you all? Uh, Twitter, Chris Brennan. I think he puts a seven there. Yeah, he's got like 40,000 followers. And this is a guy who wrote a book that is literally like it's, it's a tome. It is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it somewhere around here. Or maybe I took it with me. Oh, here it is. So, this is Hellenistic astrology. It is a, uh, you know, 650 page scholarly work 
on the ancient Hellenistic rules of astrology that they're practicing way before um, anybody, pretty much, and a revitalization of all those rules. Mm -hmm. um, and there's actually a really interesting thing that's recently been enabled, uh, which is that now we have access to these very ancient timing techniques, which are much more mundane and much more practical in nature. Uh, the 70s erased a lot of good astrology by essentially kind of like hoping to placate the scientific uh community i guess by saying like no we don't actually think any of this works it's all just a symbolic language see it's a social science it's right. it's like psychology uh please respect us which of course never happened and then diluted the practice to a very significant degree mm. um whereas chris brennan's work has re discovered ancient techniques which have literally we have not used for thousands of years um because we just didn't know about them and this guy it, it's it's a very deep text with a lot of very dry stuff and you really have to be a student and he's got 40,000 followers like uh -huh. it's it's a lot um so yeah that's that's just the inside like that's the people who know about the good stuff this, um, is, this is fascinating this is really making me want to learn about the history of occultism which mm -hmm. class is astrology occultism is it a category uh, it, I mean, you know, it, it's all just where you draw the line, I guess. Like, it yeah. certainly can be. Uh, and certain types of practices, like um, using astrology for magic and, like, spell work and other things like that is right. certainly in the realm of occultism. Are there, like, okay, this is the type of shit that I love. So, um, I love, like... And uh, since we're, we're done with this chart, I'll let you take over the, the stream and I'll just... Oh, totally, yeah. Um, let's go over my take in a second to... Thank you, by the way, for the chart. That was super interesting to hear. Um, yeah, let me move you in front. Oops. Oh, back. Um, it's super interesting. And... Oh, yeah, wait. No, I just made you small. Pardon the uh, rearrangement of the setup. Um... What was I just saying? You froze. Uh oh, you froze. Oh, uh, oh no. Were you, did you freeze or did you? Now you're not frozen. I think you might okay. have just been smiling. Um, the uh, yeah, I smile for a while after things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that in your star chart? Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's all Leo. It's all it's all big Leo energy, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I the th the type of shit I love. Like I love. Um, finding weird subreddits and learning their in jokes just a little bit enough to be like, wow, these people exist. And my favorite example of this is beekeepers. Um, there's like a beekeeper subreddit, and I don't know anything about beekeeping, but like you go in and they're like, haha, these these fucking morons who think that this like beekeeping like system works. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I'm it's so fascinating. I kind of am curious, like in in your world and maybe whether that's astrology or just like, like is there drama <laughs> yeah like drama like weird yeah. like kind of like uh, reputations like are there types of people yes that, there is know? so much drama so many types <laughs> of people and it's especially diverse in astrology because it, it has a very wide common basis mm. that attracts people with very many different dispositions so like on the one on the one extreme you've got like 
love and light astrologers who basically are all like usually they practice uh you know some sort of alternate form of soul astrology reading which can be like maybe it's heliocentric astrology which where normally it's geocentric or maybe it's like a draconic chart uh which is a totally different type of thing which is supposed to tell you like your true soul self or, or whatever um which like you know i I only say it like that because it's very far from my experience, but I'm mm. sure there's something to it. Uh, and then on the, the total other side, you've got people who are like hardcore stats crypto traders who mm. basically are looking at the astrology and like backtesting the uh, influence of planets upon different um, like securities and cryptos essentially. And they're literally like, I can name you two guys who are like really amazing actually. They're always showing graphs of like, okay, well, when Venus was in this sign in this term, BTC had the most up and down, uh, you know, th these certain ranges and it would tend to concentrate over here. So based on the combination of these different things, I think that this might happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, you know, one thing, for instance, is uh, Nikolai Stravjevich or something, I think. Uh, I forget his name, but he's this um, Serbian astrologer who came up with the idea of degree theory, where specific degrees and by the number of a sign have very specific meanings and they augment the meaning of the planets. And there's like certain types of signs like uh, you know, the, or certain types of degrees, like some degrees are called like the, the degree of suffering or like murder or, or something like that, you know, like mm -hmm. some are very, very intense. Some are the degree of like, um, sexuality or, um, I forget the exact word, but it's like lust that other people feel for you, essentially seductiveness. Wow. Um, and there's a big hubbub about this because this is not traditional astrology. It's just this one guy. And there's a bunch of like Twitter uh, people who now do degree astrology and are very into it. And like they're blocking each other and uh -huh. arguing about it being real or not. Like it's so ridiculous that like people have so many different views on things. And then of course there's the sidereal versus Zodiac debate, which is very hotly contested because, you know, sidereal Zodiac is practiced by every Hindu astrologer. Uh, well, not mm. every, I shouldn't say that, but like, you know, every Indian, the main type of astrology that's practiced in India is sidereal Zodiac, which is 24 degrees off. And it has an entirely different system of emphasis, actually. It divides the sky into 28 lunar mansions and focuses a lot more on those as well. Um, I don't know if it's in addition to or instead of houses, but it's very different. Uh, and they're always beefing with tropical zodiac. And then you've got the weird people uh, like the um, Western sidereolists who do everything totally normal, except they also use sidereal zodiac. Uh, with their Western style of astrology. So like name a thing in astrology and you can find a beef about it, honestly, yeah. which is part of what makes it really difficult to reason about. And it's also what makes it really difficult to present any kind of united front to the outside world because everybody right. is trying stuff, um, especially with like natal psychological astrology. Everybody is relying on, a, on the corpus of historical texts and the fact that these correlations only have like they have very wide possible meanings but they are ultimately probabilities and so it becomes hard to be like oh yes this is what this means it it means many different things and it depends on the overall makeup of the chart and and all these things that are happening right like i i kind of 
think of the metaphor of a pool table where sure you can arrange all the same balls in different places but ultimately it's the different it's a different pool table or a different arrangement because it's all about the relative location of these things um, i don't know if that makes any sense but it's just what came to mind yeah and then are there um conferences and stuff like is there a oh, big yeah. so there's yeah. like an irl component mm -hmm. like people hang out and yeah, like there's conferences, there's online conferences now. Yeah. There's also, you know, like it's funny because astrology is going through the same like tech diversity uh, debate uh, thing that was going on with tech, like years ago. Now it's spilled over into astrology because like a lot of the old guard of astrology is these older, um, you know, like boomer generation astrologers who don't really like respect or care about, um, you know, more like leftist diversity oriented things they handle it really poorly it's like mm. now you've got people getting canceled you've got people arguing about that as well you've got people creating their own conferences like like it's 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 as varied and diverse and huge as any other community you can imagine honestly this is uh, fascinating and, yeah. yeah damn um i feel like by the way you, you could run a great show doing these reads like you could do a weekly i'm just throwing it out there because i love oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think about like how what types of content if you did a weekly show or something that that could be cool i don't know it could be interesting yeah yeah um, i mean not a bad idea um i'd have to think about it because i guess that's just nor not normally my format but yeah i mean i enjoy doing it you know at yeah. least with the purpose that i will probably get plenty of things wrong and you know take yeah. that into consideration you'll get in some beef and then it'll promote the channel more yeah, <laughs> um, the, I'm just gonna take a look at some of these Twitter questions and let's yeah, totally. get those open so we can hit one or two. And once again, callers, feel free to just post in call-ins in the Discord or just hop in lobby when you're if and when you're ready. Um, I know we'd probably get a maybe call, but I think she's trying to do law school um, despite our distractions. Um, the uh, yeah, Laura said she. Uh, they would join your channel. I don't know anybody's gender on the internet. Um, let's see here. All right, here I'll just post it in the chat. So, Riddle Doodle asked a bunch of questions. Excuse me, where did you miss? Oh wait, hold on. She wants him here to stand for the guest instead of curse. That's bullshit. Um, <laughs> what does my mustache mean? That's not an astrology question. <laughs> and what is my astral connection to dane cook non-existent next next <laughs> um no maybe lithros has been on more than you so it's it's never the we we like the maybe show is the v uh, <laughs> yeah it's pronounced uh i mean you can pronounce it however you want but i just chose that because saddle sued was taken by a, a k-pop stan so um, I just had to do that. Uh, my opinion on the amazing and absolutely stunning Razzle Hag is that they are gorgeous and very entertaining. And that is my spouse. And we have a gaming channel together. You should check out if you like that sort of content. And also, they should go to sleep because it's like 4 a.m. there. And they have an appointment in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. You're welcome. Got him. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> um, yeah, we. What, what are the yes, questions have we have here? Insta as well. You gotta check out their Insta. 
I did not use astrology to beat you in poker that one time, but I may have been running hot, astrologically speaking. That happens, so who knows? Uh, I have timed poker games to play astrologically as well as use magic for that to uh, pretty solid success. Um, so, like, that's certainly a possibility. And y'all should really avoid, uh, like, I recommend paying attention if you like to gamble or play games or whatever, pay attention to when you win and when you lose and see if you can correlate that to something in your astrology because that's like when I'm under bad aspects, I can't play poker. Like I'm just hand dead. I just sit there for hours. Hmm. Uh, there we go. Let's see. Uh, have I ever done astrology for a fictional character? No because I don't want to be disappointed, honestly, because I know they kind of just choose those birthdays uh, arbitrarily, or I imagine most of them do, so I've avoided looking at them. Um, I have tried to imagine, like, what Michael Scott's chart would be, though. <laughs> uh, I think he was, like, a like a, like a Sagittarius Mercury Leo Moon, probably. Well, if he's a Sag Mercury, I don't know. I I'd have to think about it, but, like, Michael Scott is like a very strong like Leo uh, Sagittarius, but also like Libra influence. Not Libra, he's a little too blunt for that, but um, a little too awkward. He has no tact, but he's clearly also very influenced by like Uranus and Neptune because he has these fantastical ideas, and Uranus because he just like like he just goes off. You know, it's it's this very sort of like staccato like action. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, one thing you can kind of do is. This is give them the read in, ter in terms of how they behave. Mm -hmm. You know, you say yeah. they act like this. This is what their birthday should be. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There was a question about how do you interpret twin natal charts? Oh yes, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so there's a, a metaphor or a, an anecdote. I forget who it's attributed to, but it's an astrologer, uh, ancient astrologer, who was asked the same question, and he pulls out a pen and then he has a globe and he spins the globe and he dabs it twice in quick succession and he shows that even though the he dabbed it at the same instant the dots are very far apart because of the speed of the rotation of the earth and essentially four minutes is the difference that one degree makes so if you're born four minutes apart from a twin or like, you know, I don't know, one is a C-section, one's a natural birth, or like one just takes a while to come out longer, then the entire natal chart is shifted, including the houses. And as we've discussed, the houses will have an influence on the expression of the planets as well. Um, so and also it'll slightly change the moon uh, position as well. So that could have a matter if it gets closer into an aspect. So like you can have, depending on the distribution of the planets and how far apart uh, the uh, birth time is, you can have very, very different personalities expressed through the divergences in the houses. Or you can have very similar houses, or you can have very similar base personalities that live very different lives because of the ways in which their houses are arranged, essentially. Um, it would be an interesting question to see twins that are born at the exact same moment who live the who live drastically different lives 
but I haven't done much research on that or heard of that uh, to this point. Like, you know, mostly you hear about the uncanny twin studies where they're like, yeah, they ended up marrying somebody with the same name and they both have the same job and like hmm. they reunited 20 years later and they look the same. Like, you know, stuff like that is usually what you hear about twins. And yes, that's also very true. Like every person develops their own chart in a similar but different way. Uh, thank you, Laura, because you ultimately are still... Like it's both nature and nurture, like your upbringing and your experiences will dramatically change um, how you interface with your planet. So like, depend. I don't know how you would have a favorite twin, but maybe if one twin was a favorite, like that would have an impact psychologically speaking. Um, have I ever tried to reverse engineer someone's birth chart? Um, not actively because that's that's pretty complicated. It's called rectification. And it's essentially when you take a natal chart and then based on events that have happened throughout the person's life, you try and pin down what their time of birth or even day of birth actually was based on aspects that are made to important parts of the uh, natal chart. And um, that's pretty difficult because you have to both be really good at natal astrology and you have to be really good at um, predictive astrology in order to sort of reverse whoa i mean y'all y'all know what i was saying this cockpit view is awesome isn't it great yeah oh so these all work i mean of course it does it's a flight sim right right they that's awesome most of them work yeah it's like i think the ones that don't work probably aren't too relevant um yeah i always have this problem where i start clicking shit and then like the plane starts falling out of the air but yeah. like, <laughs> it, it is quite cool it is very cool apparently people train to fly planes like and they use like flight sims basically wow um, yeah because i mean it's it's like all of these are super modeled to be super realistic right yeah i i don't know what they do i mean maybe it's a, here look i could turn it off i don't know cool i mean <laughs> yeah, i don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. but no it is quite cool radio or something or like what's that like what did i just flip like landing gear lever oh the landing gear okay <laughs> and what yeah. do you know my landing gear is down yeah um no it is quite cool the these are i like some of these like this kind of it's got you know like moves with the with gravity uh-huh yeah you know, gives you like it's a good question uh what kind of <laughs> ethical standards do astrologers follow in readings are there any circumstances where you would withhold a particular interpretation from someone mm. um so ethical standards probably the big one is basically like you know doxing your clients or doxing anybody really um there's some hubbub recently about like you know don't use celebrities natal charts and stuff like that but it's like it's tricky because sure if you want to be super respectful yes never look at a natal chart of anybody except somebody who gives you explicit permission but like celebrities a lot of the time is how we learn um things like that so like there's some amount of you know qualification you have to put on there like you know you got to learn somewhere right and we not all of us have the resources of people around us so like celebrities historical figures things like that are usual sources of training um where it's kind of like more okay just because they exist in the public sphere it's not like we're gonna go out of our way and you know show them our work or anything like that um when it comes to the personal circumstances like if I was doing a one-on-one -on -one reading, um, a lot of the time I won't, 
uh, I'll, I'll kind of talk around the chart a little bit if I see something that looks particularly like sensitive or painful. But a lot of the time they are there to talk about that thing. So we get into it right away. But um, often you can find indicators of like some serious events or trauma or like really strong personal dynamics in the personality where you're like, damn, that must be really, really hard. Um, like, you know, Saturn uh, transits or Saturn aspects to close personal planets like sun and moon and things like that can make people um, be very, very hard on themselves. Uh, I actually have a Saturn moon aspect, um, Saturn moon opposition, which has been very hard throughout life. And I've had to like learn to deal with that. Um, so it kind of just depends on what it is and what I feel like is in there. Um, but you know, if somebody's asking me for my read on something, like I might just be more like, Hey, what's your experience like around this topic? Or is there anything you'd like to be talking about in particular? Um, but you know, I'm not going to go for like, go for below the belt in the middle of a reading, I guess is how I'd put it. Like it's, it's, it's essentially about how far somebody else wants to go with it. Uh, the only thing I probably wouldn't try to do one, because I'm not good at it and wouldn't like know how to do uh, besides the ethical concerns is like death predictions things like that mm. um i also wouldn't read somebody else's chart on somebody else's behalf you know um like for sinistry i'd want to know that the other person consented as well if i were doing that sort of reading um yeah things like that you know like they're, they're pretty sensible limitations i guess in that realm this stuff is fascinating i i learned uh that my one thing I've been wanting to look into is Italian folklore mythology. Mm. Um, because I learned that my great grandmother in Italy would say things like, beware of the evil eye, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, I think like to just that she believed it. And like, <laughs> apparently she would tell the story, you know, you know, like the werewolf story, right? Which is the man would tell his wife, um, I'm going to, you know, once a month, you know, um, this thing happens. And so when I come back, I'm going to put my hand under the door. And if it's covered in hair, don't let me in, no matter what I say, <laughs> wow. you know, yeah. and she would tell the story like this happened, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I looked into it a little bit and just learned like a bit of just a tiny bit, but there's like a whole range of like these kind of strange folklore, you know, mm -hmm. uh, practices and beliefs that have existed, um, in a way, despite, you know, Christianity has been in Italy since forever. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just kind of. Yeah. I mean, like nowadays, I don't know about the werewolf thing, but like the, the evil eye, I totally believe in, but like nowadays it's just like a bad vibe, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like it's not like a curse. It's just somebody like is really shooting you some like a nasty, nasty look, which you can feel. And, and like, even outside of any sort of mystical interpretation, you can get you know you you can perceive that and you can be affected by it uh negatively right. so like, i think there's something to those sorts of things but i also believe that uh you know in the ancient past your everyday person did not have distractions or things like that they were much more in like obviously they had some distractions but not remotely near to the realm that we're in now where so back then people were spending a lot more time with themselves and their uh, interior phenomenology and their own intuition and their sense of self. And so people were both on, on one side more perceptive to things like the evil eye and also other people were more able 
to literally like really give you a shitty shitty look and whether that's magical or not i don't know um but like right. <laughs> i i think it it has some very real origins because like yeah. some people have those looks still you know like i mean that's the teacher look practically uh-huh. well yeah one of the uh i don't know like there's some old egyptian magic mm-hmm. descriptions where they talk about like people imagining each other in confined spaces like imagining Ooh. violence and stuff it's like dark yeah. shit you know what i mean yeah yeah um yeah it's it's wild um and then also people doing uh counter stuff protective stuff mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah i guess i guess well, maybe that's a question is is kind of like we've talked a lot about astrology but like how what range of stuff are you have you gotten pilled by you know yeah and, you know yeah so um you know i i guess uh for me personally i am you know a somewhat magically operant person in that um you know i'm i'm a i personally believe in and have observed uh you know effects of the mind's influence on matter um and my own reality to a point where i'm like okay that worked and it's reliable and predictable if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um so it's very much the same thing as astrology where like i tried it i saw it worked and then i kept doing it and i'm just like taking notes Mm. on it as it happens and if i get what i want also as a result then great awesome um so with astrology there's electional astrology is probably the closest thing to casual magic that exists um electional astrology is essentially the art of looking at um a chart at a certain time in the future and based on a number of different types of rules you say okay this planet is applying it has this influence it is in this house at this time of day when you embark on this project therefore it is depicted in this particular way so like or or this event is unlikely to unfold based on the description of the planets so like you know with a person a person has free will a person has their own experience etc um but they are still influenced or at least you know you can find uh the space weather by their natal chart and that kind of is part of what will tell you a little bit about the correlations to their lived experience um but with electional astrology it's more like you're trying to do this thing and have it succeed so you're essentially trying to set the most ideal or positive or perfect birth chart for the thing that you're undertaking and it can really be literally anything it can be the beginning of a project it can be the beginning like uh, the the day you choose for an interview or a Mm. first date or to sign a contract like those are very common uses actually Mm. um and so the important sorry uh got short-circuited there um so when you're doing electional astrology you're essentially kind of attempting to tune your result in a way that I would describe magical because it's pragmatic, it's practical. It is about uh, achieving a certain aim by you know using your knowledge of things that are more occult or hidden. So I would mm. call that magic personally. Um, and it's also very common for electional astrology uh, just to be used casually. I mean, in India and in China, like it's much, much more common than it is in the US. Like if you're gonna build a huge building, you wanna consult like a feng shui expert or you wanna consult right an astrologer or something like that especially like you know the other part of this too is that like i am 100 percent convinced that basically every billionaire has an astrologer maybe three and like a feng shui uh practitioner on staff because when you have that much money you may as well use every edge you can possibly get um like right. i don't think that you know they're looking at astrology and being like yeah oh i i care about my beliefs and like what people 
uh, will think of me. Like, they don't give a shit. Like, if it works, yeah. they're going to do it. R really quick, just because you mentioned uh, you mentioned Feng Shui. Um, mm -hmm. I'm open the image and let's see, view image. Um, the Taipei 101, I learned, has a whole bunch of feng shui stuff going on with it this is the tallest oh, it was the tallest building in the world for a while i think it beat yeah. the Caesar sour um but i believe it's one two three four five six seven eight yeah it's eight levels is uh -huh. one of the things and then this little like button looking thing uh if i get another picture of it um it's one of those i can find a picture of this it looks like a chinese coin like a classical oh cool you know there it is. Like, trying to make it bigger. I don't know why this won't get bigger. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, in in um, other cultures, like, it's so interesting. And lobster, that's a really good question. I w I will get back to that um, after this thought. Uh, so like, it's it's so yeah. fascinating because um, like, the thing about Western astrology and part of the reason that it's really gone to the wayside in our culture is because it was lost to history like literally there are fragmented texts there are you know pockets in our knowledge and we dropped the tradition because we went hardcore into like scientific materialism and never looked back and like we lost so much as a result that we're only now beginning to rediscover but the chinese lineage of uh the chinese lineage of astrology is unbroken they have guarded those secrets for millennia and they are still using them, you know? Like, you can still find the books that are back from thousands of years ago. Uh, there's this guy, Edward uh, W2 or Edward K2, who is like a scholar of Chinese astrology and he does all these translations. Like, it's brilliant. He's a fascinating account if you're interested in that. And the same thing with Hindu astrology. Like, it was... I. There's some contention about this, but my understanding is that it was transmitted to India uh, back, you know, during the time of uh, Alexander the Great and all that. And then they just kept going and they never lost it, essentially. They never let it go. Mm. Um, so, like, in some ways, the the Jyotish uh, astrology and the Chinese astrology traditions are completely unbroken. Um, and while we're on the subject, uh, the crazy thing is, like, so we just saw astrology works decently, you know. Uh, we were able to find some truths in it. Chinese astrology is completely different in nature. It's I was much more. Ask you. Yeah, it's totally different. Like um, the uh, Jyotish uh, Indian astrology is very similar. It has a lot of the same sort of fundamental concepts. They just have different techniques and different emphases. Uh, but Chinese astrology totally completely different. It's all about like a system of fixed stars and 144 stars and all these different houses like there are some commonalities like you've got 12 directions and houses and things that kind of seem like signs it's all quite different um so it, it's pretty wild but um yeah so for seconds to zeros question um there's a pattern in western astrology of expressing everything through a positive lens but traditional astrology could be quite bleak and quite possibly negative how do you balance client expectations slash culture of positiveness versus honesty of interpretations so i would say like you also have to view the traditional expressions through culture as well because back when astrology uh was first being practiced you know you either had i guess like very early civilizations or you had uh societies that were very very class uh 
rigid. I don't know how to, the right word to say that, but yeah. like you could not really traverse up or down classes very easily at all. So like your lot in life was pretty much your lot in life. Like you just did not have the opportunities. So when you're looking at your astrology, it's much more fatalistic because that was the nature of reality at the time. Um, and you know, like astrology itself is not magic. The reason it has these, well, it is magic, but the, <laughs> it can't, alter your reality just by the significations right like it has a wide range and the reason the traditional ones are so negative is because if you got stabbed you died you know like that's it like they didn't really have a lot of like medical uh, they didn't have nearly as much medical advancement or much uh help to help them with the different things that were happening in life and they didn't have room to ascend or descend nearly as much as we do now so like you can spin everything positively because we have this very strong like at least you know in the u.s this american uh exceptionalist like american dream if you put enough work into it you can do it blah blah, blah. um which works because we actually do have those opportunities a lot of the time however there are certain to, to get to i think what you're really asking about is that there are certain aspects and certain types of um, placements that do suck, that do indicate a hard and difficult life one way or another, just by the nature of it. Um, and so with those sorts of things, you kind of want to be honest because you can't lie to somebody about their own life. Like they know what they've experienced and they understand uh, the things that they've gone through. And so it's actually much more empowering, in my opinion, to speak truth to the suffering that people have lived through and to say, yeah, this is a difficult placement. You've had a hard life. This results from these dynamics. Um, this is what I'm seeing here. And with people who've had very difficult lives, like a lot of the time, they're much more grateful for that interpretation because you're not trying to pretend that everything's okay. And, but at the same time, you're also like, this is, these are the components of the dynamic. These are the significations and the correlations there. And I can tell you for myself personally and for other people who get readings is that even just seeing an astrology chart and seeing the placements and hearing the descriptions and having them resonate in some way can release a burden from you mm -hmm. because you're no longer like, like when I first started looking at my chart, I was like, oh my God, I'm not just fucked up. It's all here. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not just like crazy. It, I, I'm not just having these difficulties that nobody else has for no reason. It's like here. Um, <clears throat> and that's not to imply, you know, any sort of causative relationship there necessarily, but it makes you feel better to know that the universe is talking about you or like had you in mind in some way, if that makes sense. It's like by getting to see that there is a system, it's easier to take it less personally for me. I, I think that's how I would put it, you know? Like I understand now that these things are, are manifest in my life and it is expected. Um, that's about all I can say at this point. Yeah, like, like there was a plan and you're not the author of all your failures. Um, I personally avoid saying anything like planned or plan because that implies that I don't have free will or that the client doesn't have free will, but you are not the author of your, all your own failure. You are not the reason for your suffering or your failure. Maybe you've made mistakes which have contributed to that, but like it's, it is what it is. And on some level it was expected. And now that you know, you can stop suffering or try to reframe the, the things that you've experienced and felt 
through a lens that's more productive, that is more um, about, okay, well, where do I go from here? Now that I understand the game, how do I win it? Or now that I understand the dynamics, how do I make it easier? Or how do I turn this into something productive? Because many people spend their entire lives or you know, significant portions of their life wondering why they have these these internal struggles why they have these like huge problems but like astrology does not really describe the reason but at least it's like yes this is in your chart this is expected now here's what you can do about it here's what you can here's how you can think about it here's how you can process it um because you know when i was talking about the aspects as that network of energy um <clears throat> The difficult aspects can also show where there's vents and release points and things like that. And is it possible to predict from someone's natal chart? Uh, yes, very true. Uh, it's easier when you have some tools. So is it possible to predict from someone's natal chart that they're likely to get into astrology? Yes. Um, people, astrologers are often Uranians, uh, as in they have Uranus very strongly placed in their chart. Um I do. It's like trying my Mars and my uh, Mercury and Venus. And there's also like other fixed star indicators that represent astrology. And there's like some specific placements that do. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's specific to astrologers. It's kind of funny. Hmm. The um, it's interesting because a bunch of my spiritual explorations have been around um I, I mentioned prayer as a thing and yeah. you know one of these is because you have mentioned you know fate has come up and determ determinism versus free will and you know one of these ideas in um uh, where does this appear in the bible i don't even know um <clears throat> uh fear of god is the beginning of wisdom right mm -hmm. um and this idea that like there's a law beyond you that you don't control it just is and sort of mm -hmm. uh where the idea is that like submission to that law is not just it's not like a choice like you would submit to a person it's like submitting right. to physics it's like yeah accept it <laughs> you know it's gravity yeah, yeah it's just like <laughs> commanded and th it's interesting because one of my you know again personal interpretations is personal experiences has been that this has been a liberating idea um and also super justifiable from a naturalistic perspective it's like there are fucking rules you you better live according to them you know it's not it's, right and so it's interesting because some, just in terms of the experience of getting a chart um just being sort of uh it's like we go through our lives we have all these challenges we have all these struggles we're confused by the, our own nature and how that contributes to our struggle and then the idea that it has to, you know, like you mentioned, even the word plan is like a little bit iffy, but that it has to do with some higher order can let us, in a way, take more responsibility by taking less responsibility. It's sort of like take more, I mean, ideally, um, take more responsibility for what we can control and then yeah. let be what is, right? Um, yeah. Let be that exactly. we that we kind of have these features, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's very deeply tied in. I mean, if, if you want to go really deeper into the astrology, like uh, one pretty dominant, uh, I don't know if it's dominant, but a popular frame of view is that astrology fits into a reincarnative perspective. Mm. Um, and especially so with, you know, Jyotish uh, Indian astrology, because like Hindu is very much big into reincarnation. Um, but essentially it is part of the uh, description of like, 
why you know the reason is because you have this exactly north node south node stuff uh yeah i was gonna get back to that eventually uh so the the reason that you are have these attributes is because you're of your accumulated karma throughout time and so the planets just represent sort of you being dropped into this place in time where the energy is conducive for your karma to evolve or or what have you so like and it's pretty interesting because that well one there is some interesting like pretty good empirical uh evidence for reincarnation and life after death and and stuff like that which uh if anybody's curious i can post links for that um after uh but like you know the north node for instance your north node is in your sixth house um uh, michael and the mm. sixth house has to do with work routines responsibility duty uh it has to do with like the the sort of like tdm of every day health health oriented stuff things like that um so but also the north node will tend to represent the area of life that you're supposed to karmically resolve in this life or the thing the lesson you're supposed to learn uh that will help you kind of like unlock this lifetime and the south node is what you bring in from the former life now the actual literal uh things that the nodes are is the the north node and the south node are the two points where the uh tilted elliptic of the moon crosses the ecliptic of the sun so because the moon is tilted around the earth there's two points where it'll cross upwards across the orbit of the sun or i guess the the orbit of the earth technically um, or the ecliptic plane and then the south node is where the moon starts to go down so you have this metaphor of the circle and of the um you know the the manifestation point of like what is brought into this life and what is brought out of this life and the south node is yeah exactly it's like your karmic work experience it's what you should be pulling back uh, and sort of like letting go. It's a natural strength, but it's also a crutch in a lot of ways. So the North Node is uh, an area that you might not want to focus on. It might be frustrating, or it, but it's often something that you're like, oh, I should probably really do that thing. It's probably a good idea that I should go, you know, take care of that or whatever. Like my North Node is in my seventh house uh, or uh, my sixth house, and I have issues with both those things. Like I say, or because it depends on the house system you use and all that stuff. Um, but so for me, I personally do believe in reincarnation just because there's some evidence for it. And it's the only model that makes sense to me, uh, that would explain why astrology works the way it does, why there's connections between people that seem to cross, uh, that seems to cross the boundaries of a normal life and what should be possible, you know, like the more charts you look at the more you're like okay this shit is all related and then the more you know you hear from the reincarnationists reincarnationists you're like all right sure but it's also like it's it works so well perfectly as a metaphor like the literal natal chart is a is a wheel and you've got the wheel of samsara and you've got the the sphere of the world and all the globes and all the the heavens and and things like that that all kind of tie together into this larger system but the cool thing about astrology is you can totally take it or leave it like you can be like nah i don't care about that i don't believe in it uh i know that there's correlations and who knows why that works i'll work with that um but yeah i don't I don't know if I answered a question in there or not. I just kind of rambled. No, I mean, I, I, I enjoy hearing, listening to it because I feel like I can, I, I don't know. It's just deeper than I thought. I mean, that's just my ma main reaction is it's just the whole thing is way deeper and more it, built out. It's like, yeah, it's, it, more, I mean, 
I'm trying to compare it in complexity to like D and D, which I don't mean that. In, I don't mean that to be in an offensive yeah, way. Yeah, I'm just thinking yeah, about like, like systems. Think of it on the outside. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, let me uh, let me just tilt you to my. Uh, I'm just gonna tilt the camera real quick okay. and show you. Like this is that's my uh, astrology library right there. Uh, uh -huh. It's right next to the bathroom uh, because the space in my room is a little awkward. But it's like literally three shelves. Uh, the bottom shelf is just random woo stuff. But it's like literally three shelves of pure astrological content like it is yeah. not um well that's just one bookshelf my other bookshelf is over there and i've got books scattered all around uh my apartment so like that's just my astrology bookshelf but like this is just a fraction of some of the mo more popular works and um you know the the ancient texts and scholarship and stuff like that um and like it's so 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 incredibly deep and you could spend a lifetime just studying one single area of focus and and many people do uh yeah. and it, part of the corpus you know it, it's it's it is a body of knowledge just like anything you would do in a phd or or in anything else right and that's also one of the conceits of like scientific materialism is that like it has defined what the areas of knowledge are mm -hmm. right yeah. and um and then it's it's for for my own explorations it's like you know be me you know become interested in divinity think i can kind of just like go for it and it's like oh wait like i try to go do stuff myself and like you know i and figure things out and it's like shit i wish i read augustine and you yeah. know it's like <laughs> you know you talk to people and they're like oh well you know at the council of nicaea they actually made a ruling and you're like when the fuck was that and it's like 300 yeah. whatever and you're like, <laughs> it just anyway just keeps yeah going. i mean it, it is really the the depth is absolutely insane because i mean especially the the deeper you get into like a lot of ancient philosophy it's often like the the fundamentals of astrology are very kind of like uh it's interesting because astrology is simultaneously like animistic and platonic in the same way uh at mm. the same time because on the one side you have this perspective like the most useful perspective to just adopt in my mind is the uh, uh see a second it was great to see you um it was to see that um wait okay animist versus uh, platonic so like in the animist perspective like the best way to reason about astrology is to consider all of the planets gods with a form of personhood and personality that are all interacting with each other because mm. when you look at the aspect like you know mars and saturn are malefics uh they're known as sort of these angry negative planets that you know harm the affairs of humans and jupiter and venus are these benefics and like if you really honestly want a pretty good proxy for these planets you can play hades like they nail the representation i love the game yeah it's it's incredible yeah. um and like when you think about the planets that way not only well for one you can actually do magic you can relate to planets through uh through prayer through uh offerings through magical workings and get a sense for the at least the mytheme archetypal personalities that you experience subjectively however you'd like to to you know interpret that or you can look at astrology as this entire field of like deep platonic study of like the fundamentals of these archetypes and what are their platonic base elements um and how do they relate to one another and you know a lot of these philosophers were like basing all of astrology based on it uh you know they had the the, the hot and cold wet and hot like occultist like um 
qualities of the planets and then they also had a relationship into like okay saturn jupiter and the sun are kind of like the the holy trinity of everything but then you have like all kinds of crazy stuff getting into kabbalah where like the moon and saturn can be related to uh, you know the the lowest level of Malkuth, where a physical manifestation happens because it's Saturn, and then the Sun and greater emanations are related to Kether and, and all the I don't know the Kabbalah super well, but all the ones up there. Um, and yes, it's it's also related to alchemy. So like a lot of uh, astrology and the seven metals were associated with the seven planets originally associated with alchemy. So like the further you get into astrology, the further you realize it actually is part of every ancient discipline like almost all of the discourse can be related back to astrology and astrological concepts in some way or another um yeah it's it's a lot it's, it's, a, it's lot. a lot yeah um uh really quick so we we are at a bit over three hours but we do have maybe in the lobby wanting to do a quick call in um yeah, totally. so let's let's bring in maybe hey maybe Uh oh. Hello? Um, should we pop it, pop that for a second? Oh wait, oh, that's it. Maybe I don't know if you can hear me wherever you you may be, but you need headphones. <laughs> It'll be better if you have headphones. For a moment. You have them. Maybe I'm gonna drag you in again. Maybe you're in the. Hi. You're on, you're on the show. Hello, welcome. You can hear me now. Yes. Yeah, we got you. Okay, fantastic. So, okay, I want to start out by saying that I just like loved this. I was so excited that you were gonna be on because I knew that you would talk about astrology, and you are my my favorite astro Twitter person oh, by far. <laughs> um. So one thing that I was particularly curious about is that, like, for me, something that stands out as a theme in astrology is that a lot of it is based around this, like, opposition connection, like mm -hmm. the North Node and the South Node are opposed and mm -hmm. the Ascendant and Descendant are opposed. And, and one thing that I noticed is that, like, you're a Leo, I'm an Aquarius, so we mm -hmm. are in opposed signs. Yeah. And I've been sitting here all night thinking, like, oh, you're so brave. Because I feel so vulnerable talking about astrology, mm -hmm. especially addressing, like, skepticism around it and, like, yeah. talking about all of the different forms of it and how astrologers disagree with each other. And so I was just wondering, like, how do you cope with the, the taboo of subjectivity and, like, the, the cultural backlash of mm -hmm. taking these kinds of concepts seriously and uh, embracing the complexity of them because mm -hmm. that's something that I, I'm seeing you do here and I'm like blown away and I wonder if it's because I'm like your sister sign or what but I, I just am curious about your thoughts on that <laughs> yeah yeah totally uh well I'll comment on oppositions first which is which is interesting because like I personally feel that the opposition oppositional relationship is <clears throat> very compelling uh it's often the the root of the meme you know opposites attract because a lot of the time in the oppositional 
um, dynamic, one person has the elements that the other person requires or needs and vice versa. So often there's like a magnetic attraction, even though the fundamental natures can sometimes like have some, some friction points. Um, so I, I would say that that may be part of it as well, um, because for Aquarius, part of the Aquarius mission uh, as a sun sign in terms of the identity is to become more Leo-like as it is for Leos to become more Aquarian-like if, you know, if one of them is a, is a little bit too more in one direction or another. Um, but so in terms of like how I cope with it or how I think about it, I would say it kind of goes back to my own experiences, which is that like I relate it to, an, I, I feel lucky that I came from a materialistic background because I understand where other people are at when they encounter it. And what I've found is that for the most part, people are not reacting from their best selves in these moments when they're critical of things that they don't understand um, and hostile to, especially astrology. And when I show them that, oh, like I'm just kind of a normal person who has a pretty well-rounded belief in it uh, and, and sort of like ideas around it, people are like, oh, okay. So, so you're not like just crazy or really stupid because like clearly, you know, we're all intelligent people and we can sound intelligent, but I think we need to give others <clears throat> the opportunity to see that. But also it requires building a, a refined sense for when somebody is asking questions in bad faith or not, you know, um, because that happens plenty as well with these sorts of topics. And for those people, I just block them right away. Um, but overall, I mean, I would say it's mostly about being... Uh, like understanding that people are afraid to feel stupid or to look stupid. Uh, that's one of our worst fears as humans, I think. And so that's why people tend to lash out um, at, at those topics. That so much. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally remember when I first started getting into astrology, like at one point I like just broke down crying on my couch because I'm like, oh no. I believe in astrology now. Yeah. And like, so many people are going to think that's stupid, but I don't think it's stupid anymore. And it's yeah. like, I, I totally come from that same place of having a really strong materialist background. And so, like, but I look at that, this is, that is like, oh, I understand exactly how harsh everyone mm -hmm. is going to be towards this position. Yeah. And I don't know how to defend against it yet. And so I can see how, like, you you can reframe it as, like, the positive thing that you have that yeah. shared background. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say that, um, yeah, it's really about, in my opinion, just being relatable. Like, just being grounded in the ways in which you describe it. And, uh, you know, like, with my friends or with uh, people, I guess just when I'm on my own Twitter feed, like, I'll go deep. I'll go, like, real as far deep as I, as I have to like with an audience that's newer or maybe like less familiar or just like straight out skeptical, I'll preface it a lot and be like, look, I was where you are. Uh, you know, I only engage with this on the level of like what I can observe. Uh, you know, sometimes people put demands on me and be like, well, show me the proof, show me the studies, blah, blah. And I'll just be like, look, I don't have any of that stuff because I don't care that much about proving it to anybody. Like I'm, I think what happens a lot of the time is people fall into astrology because they're curious and they're even like oh i'm gonna disprove this or like oh i'm gonna like you know do a statistical study and then they're like oh wait this, it's way more interesting to just do this and practice the craft than it is to try and prove anything so i i try to be pretty upfront about that with people i'm just like look like if you're looking for proof i'm not the right person to ask um i can refer you to people who do more back testing sort of stuff 
and publish that data. But for the most part, like I'll tell you what my experience has been and what I've observed. And you know, if I'm feeling in the mood, I'll, I'll do a reading. Um, and that is usually one of the, the best ways to practice and to kind of like calibrate with what people are used to. Um, I, I highly recommend stranger readings overall. Um, I, yeah. I, do, I do have a quick thought on this. Um, two, two thoughts. One is, um, have you guys read uh, Scott Alexander's post, The Control Group is Out of Control? I don't know. I haven't. No, I haven't either. So in it, he, it's amazing. Um, and he's not a believer in psi phenomena, uh, basically, period. Mm -hmm. But he writes about how psi type practitioners have passed the bars of science like better than normal scientists have yep. when it comes to proving their theories and it and he just goes through it like really methodically like he's like here's the what are they like he just goes down to like a list of criteria that are commonly given as like here's like the gold standard for science and he ends it with a like basically either science is totally broken or psi exists and I think he his, <laughs> his conclusion is that science is broken, but it's interesting because you could also go in the other direction. Let this shit exists, and um, that's an interesting post. And it's it's sort of a like, I guess I'm I'm sympathetic. It's like um, I I haven't finished making conclusions about what I think about astrology specifically, but I do believe in some shit that a lot of people don't believe in. And one of the things that is useful is just the degree to which the most aggressive um scientific materialists are just often the dumbest ones and it's like personally also by the way um again i don't know if this will work for anybody else but a lot of materialists get absolutely wrecked in my opinion by denying the existence of mental experience um some of them literally will deny that qualia exists um <laughs> qualia is you know for anyone who doesn't know qualia is the term for like if I see like a patch of white on my shelf, the the quail is the whiteness that exists. And there's just this level of literally denying what is right in front of your eyes, like possibly the only thing you've ever experienced. Maybe the only thing that exists is mental experience. And materialists will like go back and forth. They're like, no, well, it's like an epiphenomena of the whatever. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> so anyway, that, that's a little bit obscure, but it's like people who are materialists in the sense of rejecting the existence of anything but the material often yeah. say really dumb shit when it comes to talking about mental experience which we here we are i mean it's yeah well i mean I the know. deep irony about about that position just to add on to that briefly is that a lot of these people from what i can tell have like taken the brain in a jar pill too hard and like ran around and came out the other side where they're like okay, well, nothing we know is necessarily true, so all that matters is observable science and evidence, when in reality, all that's observable is what's observable, you know? And then they do not observe. Like, I, on some level, the most, uh, I guess, like, uncharitable part of myself honestly believes that these hardcore, aggressive, like, materialists have literally, like, di divorced themselves from their souls. Like, they cannot feel, like, <laughs> the reality anymore, you know? Like, it's so crazy. Like, or I guess I shouldn't say that. They're, they're disconnected from their bodies and their, their inner knowing. You know, all they use is this. They just use this all the time. And this cannot allow anything that doesn't fit into a box, essentially. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, I'll 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 keep it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try not not beat up on people too much. I mean, because yeah, yeah. this is one of those areas where I have a I I save a certain special wrath because it was my past self. It's <laughs> yeah, just specifically yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I think so. so yeah. It's true. I do think that there are scientists too who can like spot where materialism goes too far. Like I'm I'm writing a paper right now on this case study that came out in the beginning of the year where they treated somebody's depression from inside their brain who like hadn't oh. had any success with therapy and they just implanted a bunch of electrodes in their brains and did a bunch of work until they could fire the electrodes to like alleviate their depression symptoms. And I'm, I'm writing a paper uh, on the ethical issues with that. And there's lots of scientists who have come up in my research who have um, um, a broader theory of emotion. And they're like, hmm. em emotions not just happening in your brain. You can't reduce mental disorder to neural activity. Mm -hmm. And you have no idea what's going to happen when you try. <laughs> um, yeah. And 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 so it's like it's not just the like spiritual woo like old religious lady who's like you can't put a chip in your brain that's n not godlike or something. It's like scientists too who like do accept a lot more of the materialist premises of things like also can see that there's more to the way that we experience the world than this hard line, you know, true atheism would have you believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, ult there's a way, and maybe this, how does this fit in my chart again? Is What's the philosophical? <laughs> Sagittarius. Uh, yeah, it's all Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, bringing the hidden to light, right? I mean, it's the sort of like, I, I sometimes think of myself as attempting to champion, you know, the, like the, what, the true spirit of inquiry, right? And it's like, um, you know, um, there's been some, not oh, not overly serious, but like some talk of like re returning to the concept of natural philosophy, you know, maybe it's just to have a word for something that isn't the word science, which has come to mean something very uh, imitative and restrictive. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, the old um uh sigil or the words of the royal society from which much of modern science came was nu uh, what is it nullius in verba nullius in verba take no one's word for it you know um, yeah yeah it's, it's anti-authority it's uh just look right look and see what you find you know? yeah i like that ethos a lot because i mean that that is really the only way in which you can approach these sorts of topics because like if you just accept what science tells you is correct well first of all they're not telling you anything correct about astrology that's for sure because they don't even know anything about astrology um but it's also like science is an authority and it has blind spots any system that grows outside of a um outside of a methodology and into a culture develops blind spots and develops uh weaknesses where there there's areas that they cannot personally handle so like for me astrology going into astrology took a lot of bravery because it did require thinking okay well i'm going to go against the common wisdom or the conventional knowledge of what is real and what is literally possible um but it, it really does require like wanting to know the truth to not be satisfied 
by just what you've been told and what you uh, grew up in. Um, and I mean, you know, the, the influence is so strong that I grew up in a household where it was prime for me to do these things from a very young age, but like I didn't. And in fact, I thought, you know, my own family was like ridiculous or stupid or, or whatever as a result. Yeah, I, I think, it, yeah, it's interesting. I, at some point, I, I, I want to just spend some time thinking more about like, what is the fear that people have when mm -hmm. people, when other people go off the beaten path or whatever it's like there's this fear that they'll be like whisked away into insanity or something like that yes that that's actually um, a phenomenon i've seen a lot where like a lot of people think that there's some slippery slope where the moment you entertain the idea that mercury retrograde couldn't mean anything you immediately lose your mind and go insane like it's not right. like that you know like right. many i don't know where because I, I think i had this as well but i really think it's the the vehemence with which you know characters like neil degrasse tyson or uh you know anybody else who's kind of held up like carl sagan even mm -hmm. uh, even though Car carl sagan had a very beautiful incredibly holistic and almost spiritual view of the universe and science but still you know uh was held up as this person who is strongly 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 anti-magical thinking uh more into the realm of you know ignorance and darkness and like he he there's a passage where he really really demonizes any sort of magical thinking uh which i, I try to be a little bit more positive too because i know that he's talking about specific types of magical thinking which i also personally disagree with and think is complete you know like you're just literally making shit up um but i mean the slippery slope is is simply that other people's experience could be fundamentally different in terms of how they process the world and there's things that we just can't know about it but within the framework of what we can experience and what we can do our best to be objective about you know we you take it one step at a time you don't throw you don't you don't like run headfirst into the forest because there's a forest you're like oh right like let's find the path you know uh or let's let's mark out a new path let's set up camp somewhere and chill there for a little bit and then go back to civilization and think about you know our camping trip right the the, the um by the way maybe were we able to address your question oh yeah definitely and i i totally agree with all of this too. Um, this has been great, but if you if you want to boot me off and let somebody else do a call in, that's totally cool with me. Yeah, I don't know if we have more callers. I was I guess I was thinking of rapping because uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> that's cool too. I would I would keep you guys up all night if if you let me. So don't let me if you don't want to. I mean, <laughs> let me let me just say that like I uh, I'm very glad to have had this conversation. Um, I personally. By the way, everybody check out Subtle Suits Twitter. Feel free if you want to drop the link and uh, you know link to your sure. Twitter or um, a link to your uh, astrology sign up page, either in the chat or in Discord or both or whatever. Um, the I I do like this kind of as a well. I was just gonna say I, I like having these conversations because often they lead to further things. So I don't know what it would be, whether it's you know like me and you or you know you and maybe or whoever's doing what in terms of producing stuff you know making content mm -hmm. um you know uh just like i'm all about like you know making videos is is like a thing where i'm kind of like getting into a groove of doing it i just like talking to people about interesting stuff so personally yeah, my yeah. own kind of like more people making shit making shit together it kind of like lets us turn our little 
Twitter area into a more and more like flourishing. It's going somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like these, this kind of, it's also just an interesting topic when it, with like astrology versus materialism, just as a case of like this state of modern life of people living in very different worlds and learn, having yeah. to learn to communicate across mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, that's, that's where we live. That's what our lives are like. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I mean, for me, you know, there's, I'm sure there's many other things that provide the same role, but for me, it really is central as an interface into everything, you know, like, like it touches everything, including the stuff outside of it that's skeptical or that is afraid of it because, you know, you come into opposition, essentially. Right. Yes. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see ya, Eris. Thanks yeah, for, you, thanks Aris. for listening. Um, yeah, I guess were, were there, was there were there any kind of final things you wanted to throw out there, um, subtle suit or um, anything? Someone in the audience has been hanging on to uh, that they want to ask. Yeah, now would be a great time. Yeah, I'll I'll give him like thirty seconds, and if not, then I'll right throw something out there. Or maybe I'm gonna boot you, so just okay, just, you. just so I can get rid of the black bar. Yeah, maybe. Thanks, maybe. I'll, always good okay. to see you, maybe. Bye. Thanks for thank you for Bye. coming. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I have a really good place to cap it off, but I feel like that in of itself is fitting because that really is where I feel like astrology is in the whole, and where I am with it is that it's this massive unfolding thing, you know, like the the there there's currently an opposition or a fight happening right now between the modern and the old um where the traditionalists are having this revival uh you know it's very like return with a v sort of emphasis is also happening in astrology uh hmm. to these very very old uh millennia old methods and then there's very new stuff like the grief theory or trying out new house systems or just like doing new studies and, and whatever else um but I think that the truth is always somewhere in the middle and you have to blend them together. And when we can get there, when we can combine mysticism and technology, when we can combine the old and the new, and when we can sort of sit in the middle of things and look at both sides and decide what works for us personally, I think that is really kind of the beauty and applicability of astrology, but also just like what our culture needs at this point uh, in time, because there is so much division and there's so much uh, oppositional nature and a lot of hostility, uh, you know, some of which is, is hard to not give into, which I've done a little bit on this uh, stream as well. But like, yeah, I don't know. I guess that that's where I'd leave it. Like there, there's so much beauty in the world and so many things to explore. And astrology is that for me personally um at this time in my life and if it interests anybody shoot me a dm for some resources uh i've got some resources in my pinned uh tweet as well that you can check out um and yeah feel free to hit me up and uh let me know what you think and michael thank you so much for hosting this this is fantastic it's l really the perfect environment for these sorts of situation uh these sorts of discussions so. you you capped it off perfectly and it's been a delight to have you chat everyone who's hung on till the end um thanks for coming by you guys make it happen um this was super fun i learned a lot um so i will i will end the stream here and we'll be back next week uh with a new guest 
haven't actually picked yet, but we'll, we'll, something will happen. Um, so good night. Oh yeah. Awesome. Night y'all.